0: hey everyone we are back welcome to game face episode 277 on sifted games at sifted.net i'm shane satterfield very happy to be back after a two-day delay due to a little bit of covid issues matt
1: mm-hmm.
2: what happened oh just found out on monday that uh uh a party i was at last week there was somebody there who had it yeah and he didn't uh he had no symptoms he found out because his work does uh testing every week but uh you know i had to go find out you had to wait because you, you know. can't just get tested yeah, right away a certain number of days after the potential exposure but i you know the party was outside i don't know him and he was i'd never interacted with him so i wasn't too worried but when you know there's a you know an act, actual active uh, possible exposure you got to get the to get the info
0: yeah so, and you got to wait because the first couple days you wouldn't even have yeah, you, shown that
2: you need uh, four or five days yeah to so show. But did the rapid test, negative. Yeah, what was the name that they had on your test? Uh, I was, I was Keckle <laughs> Matt Kekel. K-E-K-L. <laughs> Never had that misspelling before. That's a new one. But unless yeah. it was someone who happened to have the exact same birthday and got a test on the exact same day in the same place, I'm pretty sure it was me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's why we're here on a Thursday instead of on a Tuesday. However, I will say this. I think it actually worked out okay for the show because – I had the show ready to go on Tuesday before this all happened, and I was like, man, this isn't going to be a great show. There wasn't a whole lot to fit in there because it was going to be a short week for us because we had done the show the week before on like a Wednesday, and then Matt tells me this, and I'm like, actually, that might be Hmm. a blessing in disguise, and as it turns out, it did because I got review code for Forza Horizon 5, which I've been able to play, and now we're able to share it with you because the embargo broke at midnight last night, I think it was, um, and so now we're able to talk to you about Forza Horizon 5 before the game even comes out. So I think it worked out okay. Uh, a couple other things. Um, last week's show, the audio was terrible. Um, we recently completely wiped our TriCaster and we were having other issues with like garbled audio. It fixed that, but we've, we've been struggling to get the audio levels correct since then. Um, I have been in here for a long time today, getting all this stuff set up today. I think we have it sorted out. But I want your input in the chat. If, if, if this, the audio does not sound good, if it's clipping, that was a problem we had last week. The levels were too high, and so they would start popping after a while. Um, let us know in chat if the audio sounds good, but I do think we got it sorted, finally. At least I think we do. Um, couple housekeeping things. Ask Shane anything happening this Saturday, as usual, at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, I will send out reminders via our Twitter, via our Patreon, on sifted.net, so you guys know it's coming. Um, the last time we had, like, two people show up. So mm. <laughs> this is kind of a make-or-break um, episode for Ask Chain as far as the live show where I sit down and basically do a podcast with you guys. That's really what it's kind of turned into. Um, again, this recording is exclusive for people who pledge $7 or more per month. And it's very odd because so many of you guys pledge at that exact amount, which would make me think that you guys want to be a part of it, but then a lot of you guys don't show up. And I know you're all busy, and it's a weekend, and blah, blah, blah. Totally get all that stuff. But I'm just saying, if we can't get more than a couple people to show up for the live recordings, we're probably going to go back to do it the old way, where I ask for questions from you guys, and then it ends up being this like pre-produced kind of segment. And you guys actually really liked it a lot, but one of the... Piece of feedback we get a lot on our patreon is like we want more in our interaction we want to like you know get to know you and do stuff with you and have q a's and things like that and so that's why we changed that ask shane to this new format and it started out great actually the first one i think we had like 10 or whatever and it's just slowly dwindled over time so anyway if you want ask shane to keep going the way it is which is basically a podcast that i record with you guys uh, you need to show up on Saturday, at, again, at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. That will be posts on our Patreon, and you won't see them unless you are pledging at $7 or more per month. Um, we'll give you, like, all the call-in info for Zoom and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the recording usually lasts an hour, roughly. I try to cut it off at an hour, but it always ends up running over. Um, but we try to make it last an hour. So if you show up at noon or 3, if you're on the East Coast, you'll be done by 4 or by 1 p.m., um, so it's not a huge commitment, and I think it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy talking games with you guys, or a bunch of other stuff. We talk film and all kinds of other pop culture-related adjacent stuff. Um, so it'd be great if you guys could get involved. Again, Saturday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to do a quick check to see if the audio is better. Um, People are talking about a white noise. White noise. Like a hiss. There's a hiss? Is that what they're saying? Yeah. Not again. Huh. Oh uh, is in our chat, which is awesome. Um he was here last week. He was a great guest. He got rave reviews from everybody who watched the episode. Um so great job. It looks like he is now back in Canada. It sounds like a lot of people went and bought his liquor, which is awesome. That's good. Yeah, thank you guys for doing that, by the way. When I mentioned it, um uh you guys should go and pick up some of his awesome tasting liquor. You guys did, which is great. Uh it looks like Listeved is actually sending us some bottles. That would be good. That would be really good. Really good with the holidays coming yeah. up. That's a perfect time for that kind of good liquor. holiday liquor. Absolutely. Um, so really excited about that. Let's Dev Ed. Good to see that you made it back home to Canada, safe and sound, or at least it appears that way. Um, I don't see where people are talking about the audio, though. Scroll up. Because I want to get it right before we get going. It's right there. Um, I hear a hissing noise like white noise. The Big Smoke 82. Liberal Hacks says same here. Hmm. Okay, <laughs> we're, we're gonna try. We're gonna try to fix this on the fly. I know that's annoying, but like we don't have anyone here to monitor
2: this stuff. Um, yeah, well, I'm also not sure if the you know the white noise is the hissing. Is it part of the setup? Is it just the mic picking up the fans of things? I mean, like, it could
0: be the air conditioning because these mics are really sensitive. Mm-hmm. Like I've noticed that like when the fan kicks on on our TriCaster, you can hear the fan
2: yeah. in the mics. And the, the 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 PC down there is always on, making the fan noise. I mean, I remember that one of the there was a white noise thing we had trouble tracking down while we were doing it remotely, and it turned out to be that my gaming PC was on. Mm-hmm. on that's right. Room, yeah, that's right. You know? So
0: you're saying Matt's mic is lower than mine. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll turn it up a little bit. The problem is the white, the hissing is a problem because if you're hearing it now, when we go to publish the final show, a lot of times we have to boost up. The audio mm. levels of Matt and I, and mm. the hiss gets really loud. And the hiss loud. gets bigger, yeah. So if you're hearing it now, that's a bad thing. Um, yeah, because
2: before the hiss was only noticeable really in the in the recorded version.
0: Yeah. With the boosting. Yep. I don't know. We're gonna push it here. Hopefully this stuff doesn't clip.
2: Push it real good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but again, just let us know um, if through the, out the course of the show if the audio gets worse. Um. Matt sounds low. I just turned him up a little bit. Um, Lesteved, thank you for subscribing to our channel. OK, I did turn Matt up. He's louder than me, because I do. I am pretty loud. <laughs> Let's just be yeah, honest. You are, you are louder than I am. <laughs> yeah, I Generally. OK. Except when the arguments start. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, we're okay. We're gonna just leave it there, and hopefully everything's good. Again, if it starts clipping, that's something that we can't fix in post. So it's really important if you start hearing like a popping sound that you let us know because you can fix hiss in post. You can't fix if the audio is too loud in post. So uh, if you start hearing any of that stuff, just let us know and we'll adjust it as normal. But I think we're about ready to rock. Um, I saw a couple of people mention in chat that there was a big Elden Ring debut today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it went up at like 8 in the morning when the show had already been. The pre-production for the show was finished. So it's not going to be in the show today. We'll definitely talk in the next one. And maybe the other thing we should discuss is when do we do the next episode? Because here we are. It's Thursday. Mm-hmm. Do we go back to Tuesday? Because that only gives us a very short period of time. I don't know.
2: Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think I like Tuesday in part because Thursday is when I go to uh, uh, you know preview night. Uh, new movies so that turns into a long day yeah Um, up driving back and forth across the city
0: I can see that okay Uh, just stay tuned to our Twitter feed at Sifted Games and we'll let you know when the next episode is going to go probably will be Tuesday there's a lot of stuff I am actually waiting for Call of Duty review code Hmm. I've never got Call of Duty review code this late
2: when does that come out is that next week yeah huh
0: and I keep reaching out to Activision. They're like not replying. Like I don't know what's going
2: on with it. I don't know. They're, they're too busy moving <laughs> Blizzard stuff to next year.
0: <laughs> Could be. I'm not sure. Uh, but usually by now, I, told, I have. I
2: told you Blizzard's going away. Yeah, I don't know.
0: But usually by now, I have Call of Duty review code, and I do not.
2: And then they so, had the, like with the the people, uh, um, all you know, the people that they put in charge like three months ago left. Right. And like it's yeah.
0: Well, I saw the one girl from Blizzard left, yeah. like the co-head of the
2: studio. Yeah. And her, her whole thing was just like, oh, I left because, like, as new opportunity. And, like, everyone there is, like, so dedicated to things and inspired me that I knew that I, 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 they were in good hands. I'm like, oh, you yeah, know, I was inspi- so inspired by you that I left is certainly a, a, <laughs> a, a, a take. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, that, that, that company's gone. Something. Like, it's bad. Like they're going to absorb Blizzard into Activision and never say the word Blizzard again.
0: That's just crazy that you could destroy a brand like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would argue... One of the top five brands in gaming yeah. up until a year ago.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean they're also not helping with the fact that Overwatch Two is slipping, and like that's going to end up being what four years of they shut. The, why did they shut the pipeline of of content down to Overwatch One years before Overwatch Two was ready? Well, like, I thought like I think, the game is just languishing there at this point.
0: I think that they thought it was going to be ready much earlier.
2: Oh sure, but now we're looking at twenty twenty three for both of them. I mean, that, Diablo Four didn't really have a set thing, but like Overwatch 2 everybody was sort of expecting it sooner rather than later and it turned out no.
0: Well they lost a bunch of team members yeah. I mean they lost their head team member, the yeah. figurehead for Overwatch
2: left, yep. that's a big deal. I mean you gotta uh, hopefully it's an example Basically, it's, it's like, hey, yeah, this can have real consequences on the business side, on the quality side, on the personnel side. Like there's,
0: you mean for, like, the rest of the industry? Yeah, yeah. everyone
2: else look at that and look at lo- and what, like, what, you know look what, what can better, happen. Nobody's invincible.
0: We better get our ducks lined up. Yeah. yeah. And if something happened in the past, now's a looking good time at, to address it. Yeah, looking at you, Riot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if something bad happened in the past, I would not wait
2: no. to address like, do it. No, do it now. I would jump like, on it. it right don't wait for it to get out. Don't wait for it.
0: Like, I would wait. I mean, now's a good time. Yeah, and because I don't I, would mean, have, I wouldn't have done it, like, the day after the blizzard stuff no, broke, no, but, but, but now like, you're good. Certainly
2: moving into the next fiscal year, it's something to to say, like, oh, this is going to be our initiative and da-da-da. You know, not like Facebook with, with, like, oh, lies are about to happen. Like, yeah. that's not how you get ahead of it. You need to get ahead of it by actually taking action and fixing things. And to be fair... Uh, a lot of the uh, stuff that Activision has released as their steps of, like, these are the new policies and ways you're going to address it are actually pretty good and go, go a little further than I expected them to. Yeah. Um, but everyone else in the industry like, should really be taking note that like you, you don't, don't wait until you get hit you know, pinned to the wall. Uh, by by nail guns to like, you know, some, do some, something about
0: some this. sports teams, franchises have been kind of yeah. caught in that kind of stuff. The Packers, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. like they let Aaron Rodgers act like he was vaccinated when he mm-hmm. wasn't. And now they're starting to find – in the NFL is like, well, it wasn't yeah. us. It was a team. It's
2: getting dirty. Mm-hmm. And now – I love the the weird – it's like, well, he said he was immunized. In fact, I'm like, yeah, those are synonyms, dipshit. Yeah. Like, what, like, that's not – that doesn't mean anything. I mean, he thought he was being clever of course by he using thought. a synonym for it. Of course it. he thought he was being clever. But, yeah. He, he wasn't. He wasn't. But yeah. – uh, it's it's yeah. So it's not just games. he also wasn't being clever by not getting vaccinated, getting COVID without being vaccinated. <laughs> like I'm sure he'll have yeah. he has enough money because
0: he. I mean, you don't know he could get it bad and yeah, you
2: know, he has enough money to get all the stupid, you know, the monoclonal antibodies and all, you know, all the things that like you will not get if you were yeah. to get it unvaccinated. You know, um, if you. I mean, that maybe not true with other us overseas, but it's another nice example of like yeah, if you're rich, medical care is different in this country. It is so.
0: yeah, and it, for the foreseeable future, it looks like it's going to be
2: unfortunately. Oh yeah. The way things are oh, going yeah. right now. Can't right. imagine why we lost the other day. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Go yep. figure.
0: Yep. So anyway, I think that's it for the housekeeping. That was a long intro for yeah. Game Face. But I think we got everything sorted. Again, if you're any problems with the audio, let us know. Um, we'll be keeping an eye on the chat. So if there's any issues, uh, please fill us in as soon as you hear it. A liberal hack thank you for gifting subs to all the people in chat. Just another reason to show up and watch Game Face Live at twitch.tv siftedgames. All right. It's time. To get on with the show, we're going to kick things off with undoubtedly the biggest game of the week, although it's not even out yet. And that game is Forza Horizon 5. Um, in the interest of full disclosure, I have played about 10 or 11 hours of the game so far. Um, if you're a patron, early this morning we published the first hour of the game, me playing it with commentary. Uh, some of you guys may have watched that already before you got here to Game Face, and so you may have a slight idea about how I feel about some stuff. Um, but at the same time, Forza in racing games in general aren't, it's not a genre where you play it for 10 hours and then it like the 15 hour mark it changes drastically. Uh-huh. Um, so I have a I feel like I have a pretty good read. Who, who knew there was going to be a shooting sequence? Like. <laughs> yeah, nothing like that. And I would say this too, like This game plays it safe.
2: I can't believe the Ferrari died. (laughs) Spoilers.
0: Well, actually, that's a good way to kick off the discussion on Forza Horizon 5. And I hate to start with... Because, I. first of all, I love the game. But I hate to start off with something that's a criticism. But the... And I'm worried about this, Matt, because this studio is working on the new fable. And so I was hoping that the storytelling and the plot and the cinematics and stuff in this might Mm -hmm. be at least a little bit better than Forza Horizon 4. And... Okay, maybe they are a little bit better, but they're still not good.
2: Yeah, I mean, my guess on that would be more that they moved the people who were good at that to the Fable Project. <laughs> or they hired people who um, were good at yeah, that. Yeah, probably, probably a little bit of both. But, like, yeah, I mean, Forza doesn't need it. Like, it would be nice if it wasn't quite so embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, it is like, still embarrassing. But it's, yeah, it still sells, you know. And we're going to talk about a game. I don't think about it. You know, the only thing, yeah. I, can, I mean, I can remember, you know, I, I replayed Forza Horizon 1. A few years ago, when I got the Xbox One X, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I really, I Forza Horizon One might still be my favorite one in the series. I haven't played Five yet, um, but uh, I, uh, but it's and it is still very embarrassing to play that game and and the whole like you know the the festival story and. You know, you're stuck as a guy who's being hit on by every NPC girl in the world, and it's just like, dude, like, it's the this same. Is, it's gross. It's, it's like <laughs> it's exactly the same. It's just this like time. really uncomfortable most and of the it's time. It's just weird. And they're trying like, so hard to be cool. It's like, the same way in yeah. this. And it's like, wow. I feel like they kind of got away from that the last couple ones. Not like, really. Not really, but not as like blatant. And st- I mean, they're trying to be like, oh, it's cool. We're at a cool thing. That it wasn't quite as, um, you're the best person we've ever met as yeah. the first game was. yeah. Um,
0: it's the connection that I don't understand. How do you connect racing cars with a music festival? Like, it just, it doesn't add up.
2: I mean, I've always taken it as, like, the music festivals to give people something to do when, when they're, they're not, not driving racing? the cars. Yeah, pretty much.
0: Like, <laughs> Or maybe
2: that's how they get the permits. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That could be, too. That's an interesting angle. Um, and it, the B-roll that you're watching right now, this is from the very beginning of the game. And this game kicks off like all the other forts do with this awesome sequence where it just kind of – it's kind of this predetermined thing yeah, it where It just they, kind
2: of runs you through everything. And like, yeah. If you win, good for you. But, like, you don't basically – now little, you're at the festival. It's like a demo. Pretty, pretty much. Thing, yeah.
0: But it's awesome. Um, I love how they start these games. And I would actually argue that, like, there should be – big chunks of the game that are like this. Mm-hmm. And there are in this one. There mm. are parts of the game where they take Uh-oh. you back to this style of play where everything's more guided. I know people would be like, oh, I don't get it. Like,
2: rewind that shit. Come on. No. no. I'm not rewinding. <laughs> I always rewind. I rewind the shit out of everything.
0: What I was doing there was I was cycling through the different views, the cockpit mm. view, the bumper view, and everything. And then once I went to like the bumper view, I just completely lost control of the car. <laughs> yeah.
2: See, that's my default. Like I, oh, really? I play, I play on the hood.
0: Yeah, yeah I, like, if I started playing like that, I'd be fine. It was the mm-hmm. jumping through mm-hmm. the views while I was driving that threw me off. And then yeah. I went off a huge jump in the middle of, like, an awkward view. Yeah, like,
2: I, I'd like to play from third person because I'd like to see the car. Mm-hmm. But I have to play first person. I can't, I cannot, like, I can do it in an easy race and do fine. But if I need to actually concentrate and drive, like, I need to see it from the point of view of the driver.
0: I play Gran Turismo first person. I get my times are cut in like half. Yeah. But in this game, I play just as fine third person. But I do play the third person pulled back view. So the car is smaller. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take up as much. Yeah, as I real mean, state.
2: yeah, the big problem is the blocking the road mm-hmm. thing. But like, yeah, I, I just, you know, the, my instinct as a driver is always in first person. Like I oversteer constantly in third person. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I I play this franchise in third person, but again with the view pulled back a little bit, so the car. Yeah. I wish pick I up could. Yeah,
2: it's, it's so nice looking. I mean, it still looks nice from any oh, yeah. point. But like. Oh, I mean, it's nice to be able to see the car and the light play off the car and a shadow in the back. Look at that. That's that's great.
0: Oh, this game is stunning, man. Stunning. One of the best looking games I've ever played, and you guys will see that throughout the b roll. Even though the show is only in 1080p. It, yeah.
2: I mean, you can see it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's stunning. And there's a couple moments in this, like um, there's a huge volcano on the map that you can drive all the way to the top of, and when you get to the top, you can see the whole world, Matt. <laughs> you can see the whole world. There's The draw distance shows the whole thing. It's amazing. Um, anyway, we'll get to the graphics in a bit, although you're going to keep watching the B-roll and you're going to figure it out all on your own. Um, I think my overarching opinion on this is that it is maybe a little too similar to the last game, but I feel like that's also kind of a compliment to the yeah, last it's game. Yeah, part of the
2: appeal is that you're, you know what you're getting.
0: Yep. Um, a lot of the elements... I don't are,
2: need the brownie, the, the next second brownie to be better than the first brownie. Yeah. yeah I just need <laughs> another brownie. Uh,
0: I mean, that is a testament to Forza Horizon 4 because they really stuck with that game and added a bunch of really good, yeah. relevant stuff after launch that they've ended up including for the day mm-hmm. one version of 5. Yeah,
2: especially with like I thought four, so four stars and four kind of turned things around a little bit for me because I I was really left pretty cold by three. Mm-hmm. Not that I thought it was bad. Yeah, it just it's the least memorable one. It to was
0: me. the least progressive, I would argue. Yeah, of all of them. Yeah, it felt like it kind of settled into a groove there. And I was with you. I was like, this is great, but it feels like it's settling into a groove a little mm-hmm. bit. And um, I,
2: they're at a point where like I kind of I'd unlocked everything. I would hit every bonus board. And it was all that was all that was left to do was actually race, yeah, right, and do the structured events, yeah. And I just didn't want to, yeah. Well, and that plus, did not happen in four, yeah. So. Well, these games are also so huge, like yeah. Can, there, there's a little bit of uh, choice paralysis. It can be a little intimidating
0: yeah. at times when you stare at – when the map really starts to crack open and yeah. you look and there's like 85 events on yeah, the map.
2: The, one of the nice things, and I, I. I don't know if there's maybe something like I guess there's sort of something like that in, in some of these especially if you're a part of a car club because that can give you sort of you know uh, objectives sort of like mm-hmm. organically every week yep. but like I always, I did like that Forza uh, the the main series did kind of break things up into sort of like oh you want to like deal with this kind of car like we'll just kind of send you through these events it would kind of guide you you know through the, through yeah. the events of things mm-hmm. and you'd kind of you know you wouldn't have to make as many choices you just kind of like it, it was almost like playlists you know yeah that stuff's in here, too, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, that was part of 3's problem, I thought, was it just sort of kicked you out in the world, and it was this huge map of all these things to do, and you're like, well, what should I do? And everything goes, doink, doink, yeah. doink,
0: doink, doink. They're popping up all over the map, and you're like,
2: uh... Yeah, like, choice, choice, and, yeah, choice and, and freedom and, um, and a lot of things to do is great, but sometimes you need a little bit of structure. And yeah. 4 introduced a little bit of that, and it's good to hear that 5 uh, keeps going there. Yep. Um,
0: one of my big... One of the big things for me with the first, playing the first 10 or so hours of this, is I was really nervous that Mexico was going to be really boring. And I have admittedly never been to Mexico. <laughs> I haven't even been to, like, Tijuana, like, just across the border. I've never been to Mexico. I've been
2: own. to Tijuana, but I've never been really anywhere else in Mexico. And so I think um, it was just – But Mexico is a very diverse environment. Uh, yeah.
0: You, I, I always thought, you know, because it's basically south of the equator, I was like, it's got to be all desert. And no, like,
2: it's, it's way north of the equator. Is it? Yeah. Where does the equator start? The equator goes across, like, Brazil. Brazil. Okay. I, yeah, so I guess it is. Well, it's close to the equator, though. I mean, it's closer than we are, but, yeah. like, it's, it's, like, not that close to the equator. It's, but it's, if you
0: think about the southern United States,
2: and you have New Mexico yeah. and Arizona, it's all desert. Right, but if you go into, like, Nicaragua, and there are jungles. Yeah. You know, like, like, they get more there's, rainfall. There's, there's rainforest stuff yeah. kind of thing. There's it, a lot of, you know, there's every kind of environment you could think of in, in Mexico. There
0: is. Oh, that's what I'm learning. Um, it's a great setting. For it, uh, I really was nervous mm-hmm. about it. I was like, it might be boring. I thought it was going to all be like what we're seeing right <laughs> now. I thought
2: it was going to be Colorado.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like the first one. <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's
2: like, well, it's rocks. Yeah. yeah. No, they, they uh, and you can see it in the previews they did. You know, they went, a lot of the, the geography in uh, Mexico, the actual Mexico, is not as close as, as it is in this game. Yeah. But they run you through every, You know, there's got, you got desert, you got city, you got jungle, you have. Uh, beautiful open forest you have, you have mountains you have beaches like you know there, there's a lot to see
0: there is um so if you were like me and you thought that the setting might be dull or repetitive it's not um the other thing that's a little weird and I'm still not even sure how I feel about it is there are sections of the game where you're racing through like ruins like ancient ruins mm-hmm. I know a lot of games have done that in the past but maybe it's just my perspective that's changed over time like I feel like they're there should maybe be a little more respect for those areas. I mean, am I crazy for in, yeah, thinking that? No, I
2: mean, in real life, you would not be able to drive a car through yeah. Aztec ruins. You would, there'd would be protected sites that you'd be arrested. Um, but most of what you do in this game would get you arrested. Right. So, yeah. it's, it, you know, it's, you're not really spewing exhaust all over uh, Teotihuacan. It's, it's, it's okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It felt a little weird. Um, but fun. Because it's like you're flying past. Yeah, like, I mean, these- well, it was
2: just like in the, the England one where you drive through Stonehenge. Or whatever. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, you, you can't do that either. But, like, you shouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, but uh, And, I
0: mean, part of the fun of video games is doing stuff that you can't
2: yeah. do in real life. I mean, like that's this. part of the allure. Like, yeah. like I, I think you'd be in trouble if you flew a cargo plane that low to the ground in any country in the world, yes, really. Yes, with
0: fans sitting in the stands. With,
2: with branding of, of your <laughs> festival that presumably you have permits for. Um, yeah. Like, look – The Forza Horizon Festival, the Horizon Festival would get every single person involved thrown in jail inside of an hour. Like it's that's kind of the fantasy of it. It's like the idea that you could go go here and make life miserable for everyone who lives in a 40 mile radius uh, for days on end and no one would shoot you. Yeah. Like, (laughs) like can you imagine the next door posts? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Or just or just the passive aggressive British people. Yeah, in the in four, or it's just you know knock you know every every time I I turn around and fix that wall again, someone runs through it all over again. It's (laughs) beautiful particle effect bricks everywhere, but now I got to build it again before the next car runs through it. Yeah, Uh, it's uh, it's yeah you just you just got to kind of let go a little bit. Yep. Um, So as I mentioned
0: earlier, there's a point on in the world. First, first of all, the world, the Mexico is I don't think it's twice as big as four, Mm. but it's like thirty or forty percent larger than any other yeah. Forza Horizon game
2: before. For that matter, we're all the climate change protesters. Yeah. <laughs> like, when um, do you go on electric, Horizon?
0: Yeah. So the world is huge. And like I said, you can drive to the top of this volcano and see the whole thing on screen at once. Frame rate never dips. It has different settings. You can go the performance setting or you can go the quality setting. Both of them rock-solid frame rates never falter. Um, technically, artistically, for a driving game, it'll be interesting. I can't... I'll, I'm honestly really... Excited to check out the new Gran Turismo. See mm-hmm. if you can top it. Um, different games, obviously. Yeah,
2: hard to compare. Yeah.
0: Because Gran Turismo is an open world. It's just one track at a time. And yeah, like. There's the ruins I was talking about. Yeah, there's
2: just like, you know, Forza gets to show off. Forza Rising gets to show off a lot of, like, environment and, and different things, you know, with Gran Turismo and Forza M- Motorsport. It's more like, well,. There's Laguna Seca. Yeah, let's start comparing notes. You know, it's like yeah. it's like who got the asphalt more accurate kind of thing. You know, <laughs> like I've seen videos like that where there's yeah, like where they, they're literally comparing the like who got the fencing right, right. and stuff, and it's just yeah. like who cares?
0: Yeah. Like, it's really irrelevant. Um, the game has over 500 vehicles, which sounds like a huge number, but it's pretty close to what was in four. And yeah, you're you're pretty much hitting the
2: points like all the vehicles. They're all there. All the vehicles yeah. are in this game. It's the law of diminishing returns. They've even got Porsche at this point. So, They do. Yep. Which are the big holdouts usually. And
0: they put it at the beginning of a Porsche at the beginning
2: to yeah, be so like, like we got it. Yeah. Porsche really loosened up recently, like they they used Why to Why did it ver- take them so long? Because they were very paranoid about licensing. They're, they're very picky about licensing their their brand out in yeah. part because, you know, like for a long time, uh they wouldn't uh license stuff out to Transformers. Because uh, they don't want to be involved in war toys. Because right. they don't want anyone to remember that they made stuff for Hitler. Right. Um, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, and for a lot, and the, the other thing, you know, Volkswagen owns them, owns Porsche. But like one of the thing, you know, when Volkswagen started licensing, you know, the the Volkswagen Beetle and stuff for Transformers things, people were like, oh, now Porsche, you know, we're going to be able to have a Jazz and a Cliffjumper because Porsche, like, no, Porsche has full autonomy over what they license, wow. to how what they do with their license. Like Volkswagen, their parent company, cannot tell them what to do with the Porsche licensing. So like that was part of the the deal with the acquisition. So the fact that they've suddenly turned around and there's a Porsche main character in the next Transformers movie, they're in all these. You know, the, because for a long time they had an exclusive deal with EA. Yeah, uh, as the only way to play a Porsche in a racing game was to get Need for Need Speed. Need for Speed. Yeah. Um, and that's I not mean that that's not for very speed nice. Reboot was yeah. basically all Porsche. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. Um, and that goes way back, all the way back to that expansion for I think it was four back in the '90s, which was Porsche Unleashed. Yeah. Unleashed. Um, which is really really good on PC, yeah. I might add. You can mod the hell out of that. Um, so yeah, it's nice to see uh, Porsche back ready to play. And uh, I mean, they've been they've had like you know, special you know. I, I think they For, forza used to get around it by doing like, um, you know, aftermarket like modified Porsches that were not called. You know, they, they named them after the modifier instead uh-huh. of the, so they weren't Porsches. They yeah. were like they were like a blah 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 X five three kind of you know it's like that sort of thing. So they got a, around that, but like. It's nice to see them officially back in yeah i think they were in the last couple too but it's just i always you know uh i we just lived through that whole porsche drought in in racing games outside of a couple of licenses and it's nice to see them finally waking Figuring up and out. being like hey i mean uh, there's honest. money on the table what are you <laughs> yeah. doing get over here yeah, they
0: can promote your cars yeah
2: like let let me drive a 911 well, you yeah you, it made no sense bastards
0: uh, but as matt said it basically has all the vehicles. And yeah. every racing game now pretty much has all the vehicles. Um, yeah, there's really no advantage or disadvantage. Some games may pay to have cars exclusively maybe. That could become a thing. Here there, but
2: like generally you're going to – I mean, yeah, maybe you won't have the minivan you had in 1993 available. But like generally anything that's on the market right now, you're going to be able to get Yep, in some form.
0: Yeah. Any vehicle that's worth driving that you'd be interested in driving, it's in this game basically. Yeah. And some that you've never heard of. Yeah,
2: and Mustangs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, i am making a distinction between that and something you'd want to drive. Right?
0: <laughs> some people love Mustangs. Yeah, well. I don't. Some,
2: some people love th- other, a lot of things. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, let's see, there's a new um, progression. If you just system. want to go
2: straight. I guess they're great. <laughs>
0: they're, you're right. That's, they're good at that and not much else.
2: I, I, I rented, Back in the, when those were first coming out, like, I've rented a bunch of those just to see. Like, I, I've never been less impressed by a uh, expensive car, moderately expensive car, than when I rented a Mustang, when I rented a Dodge Challenger. Oh really? The Dodge, you remember you know, that, that revamp the, the Hemi yeah. and stuff. Like the power is definitely there, but the car is not built to handle the power. And it was like looking at a tank. Like it was like the, the, windshield, the windshield is really was so small. narrow. It was like looking yeah. at a slot. Like <laughs> I was like, like I was expecting to have a gunner somewhere or something. <laughs> That's funny. Um, there is a new accolade point system
0: uh, that that controls the progression through the campaign. Honestly. It's just really semantics. It's, the the yeah. progression still works the same. You finish a race, depending on what difficulty you set it at, it, it alters how many points you get. Uh, those points get rolled into a system where you unlock new cars and things like that. It's, the progression is something that uh, you will be very familiar with, even though they've kind of tried to rebrand it with the Accolade system. Um, as I mentioned earlier, there are parts of the game that are like the opening. And they're called Expeditions. Mm. Um, and it's the same deal. Like The game just kind of takes over and will just automatically switch you between cars. They'll throw crazy sort of environmental things at you. Like you saw earlier, there was the big sandstorm that you had to drive into. Uh, then in that mission, you had to drive into the sandstorm and then find this monument, this old mm-hmm. ancient piece of stone, and take a photo with it. So there's Catch like,
2: Furiosa. Yeah. Like, yeah. So
0: there's like photo challenges in it. I don't remember those from four. Were they in there?
2: Um, maybe I can't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember anything that high scale. Yeah,
0: know? I love it though. I love that they've moved the expeditions. Are there still
2: barn finds? Yeah, there are. I, that is always also another thing I've always been because I like that. I like the the you know the hide and seek sort of element finding them. It can but be also, annoying at it times. It can be, but there's also <laughs> the element of like, so you you just broke into someone's barn and <laughs> took and her took her their car, car? <laughs> like that. Like that's what you just did there, right? Yeah. Like what? There's like, actually a twist on the barn
0: finds in this. You can take your cars and hide them in barns for other people to find, <laughs> which is kind of cool. It's fun. Like, Dude, I'm not going to use most of the cars in this game. Right. Ever.
2: You get way more cars than you would ever need.
0: And the other thing, too, is I started this game. You saw the livery that I had there. It's huge. Mm-hmm. I, starting the game, there was like 50 cars I had to choose from. Now, I will say this. Microsoft sent me... Like the deluxe version of the game or something. I don't know how many of those cars were part of that special version that they sent me. Probably so a fair number. They, they probably they put,
2: they put a fair chunk in in the deluxe stuff. Yeah. So
0: don't like look at that footage and be like, "That's what I should expect on day one." Yeah. You're probably going to have less unless you. Yeah. Although generally the, cash. these
2: games are pretty generous with the car yeah. drops. Like they, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the wheel spins alone will just throw cars at you like you wouldn't believe.
0: Yep, and wheel spins are back in this as well, which is basically a slot machine. Vegas style thing that spins, and sometimes you get accolade points, sometimes you get cars. I always appreciate the cars more than the accolade yeah. points.
2: Even though sometimes the cars are worth less, but it right. feels better when you get a yeah, car for some reason.
0: It is weird. Some weird psychology to it. But I love the expeditions. I love that they've put that more mm. like handheld experience into the rest of the campaign. I wouldn't mind if it was even more prevalent and if it became like 50% of the objectives that you end up doing. It'd
2: be doing. interesting to see like a DLC that really explored that yeah
0: that's a great idea actually that's a good way to do it without pissing off like mm-hmm. hardcore fans but i'm telling you like the more people play the expeditions in this they're going to want more of them just like i do because uh, they're just fun and it's just constantly changing and switching things on the fly um it's like taking on a bunch of missions at once without having to like go to the map and drive to this other location make sure you have the right car do that race then go back to the map drive to another location it's like does it it's just doing it for you at a breakneck speed, I love it. I think it's great, and I hope more of it comes in Forza Horizon Six whenever that comes along. Um, the Horizon Arcade has replaced the hourly Forza Thon events. Do you remember those, Matt?
2: Yeah, I remember those. Like the, where you'd were, have
0: to like show up at a very specific yeah. time and meet with all these people. I never.
2: Mostly, it was just like, will you leave me alone? It became like, annoying they, after they a they while. Would spam you with it.
0: Yeah, they've changed it. Um, they're wackier than they were before. Like there's some where like there's stuff like falling from the sky and hmm. it's it seems like they've decided that like okay we want to have some fun with this game um, but some of the stuff seems a little out of place with the rest of the game and I feel like they've taken all that content and kind of quarantined it um, in with the Horizon Arcade but again these are they're cooperative events that you play with a bunch of other people you have to show up at a very specific time for the event to trigger to become a part of the event I ended up. After I played the game for review, I hardly played them because mm-hmm. I just, it was just annoying to have to go to those very specific points and make sure you made it there on time and uh-huh. et cetera, et cetera. It's a cool idea and it's basically completely optional, which is good. Um, but they're not a big hook for me as far as what compels me to keep playing Forza Horizon. Um, like I said, the plot related cinematics and the story just still miss. The mark, do you think Forza will ever change from this setup that it's had? Um, maybe after Fable is comes out and the studio's a little more versed at telling a good
2: story, or no? Uh, is they I, need to? I don't think they need to, they're yeah. their flagship franchise at this point, yeah. Um, would it be nice to, I mean, but also, like, I don't want more story in it. You know, like I, if anything, I, I don't want the story to get better. I want the story to go away. <laughs> <You>
0: know, like <laughs> I hear that.
2: Like, I don't need. Can I, you think of
0: a good story in a racing game ever? I mean, EA's tried it a bunch of times. They've all been terrible.
2: Not really. I can't either. No. I mean, I can think of career modes I got into, but that's not really the same thing. Yeah. It wasn't because the stories were great. No. It was just because the career mode was great. like progression was good, and there was, Yeah. Some, yeah. I can't think of anything. Yeah. So maybe it's
0: a fool's errand to ask. <laughs> Turn 10 to even. Like, I think
2: generally the idea where it's like, you know, Horizon pretty much just, there's cutscenes at the beginning to sort of onboard you into the premise, and periodically that's about it. You know, you get yeah. a little, little dialogue snippets for different races as they onboard you, and then, like, you get snippets for, like, introducing new concepts or the barn fi- usually there's like mechanic guy who you send the barn finds to or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, very, it's pretty un- unobtrusive most of the time. Yeah. It's just like I can't think of a better idea than like there's a big music festival that happens to draw a bunch of people with exotic cars that drive around like maniacs for a week uh, for this thing but like I don't know. like it's It does feel like weirdly unexamined I guess. Yeah like, I mean
0: you could I mean I could think of things to do. You could just focus on the person like, coming like, to this town meeting like the race organizers yeah.
2: You know what I want? I want one where they come to town and you play a local that infiltrates it and brings it down. Right, like, like yeah. exactly. You could find
0: like, angles to make it interesting. Yeah, like
2: th- because this has to be some kind of criminal syndicate, right? Right. You can't just like just this, go, like, take just go places, take over Mexico, <laughs> and steal everyone's cars while keeping them in their houses for a, like that's that wouldn't fly. Now there is a shot in the, where did they get a fucking C seventeen with their own branding on it? Like that. There's some shit going down. Well, there is a
0: shot at the beginning of the game where this girl shows up and she has one of those huge cargo. Planes and the cars are being offloaded mm-hmm. from the cargo plane down onto the tarmac. We're seeing it right now. Yeah, like, and it's like, wait a minute, where is this girl getting all these cars? Like, there's stuff you can do for sure. Yeah. like it's possible. It's
2: like, just, this is, just, is a front w- for something. Also, like, just like the amount, ima- <laughs> the, ima- the amount of money you would need to participate in this thing. Like, there is a, there's a fire festival vibe here. Yeah, there that, is. Like, you, re- it would be really fun. And not to just because we're seeing the volcano right now. No, it's, but it's just like, yeah, something's up. Yeah. Like, like, in real life, you would not be rooting for any of these people. There's, no. there's, a, there's some weird stuff happening. There is. And I know it's supposed to be just like a fantasy what if we could do yeah. this without any kind of environmental impact yeah. or, or social consequences. But, like, part of me just wants to see, like, Forza Horizon, Dark Side yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Like,
0: <laughs> I mean, look, you can find an angle to make a good story. I'm sure listen.
2: there's a very long fan fiction about that somewhere.
0: I mean, there's lots of great films about drivers. Oh, yeah. I mean, it can be done. Oh,
2: yeah. A great driving movies. Right. That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah. But the problem is that, like, you know, I don't know how you make me care about a character in a, a game like this when I really just want to drive. Right. You know, I guess yeah. you could do sort of a Grand Theft Auto thing and just have conversations while you're driving. But it also, that would, re- that would require you to make my player character a character.
0: Yeah. It could add some heft to the game, though, to the... You know the importance of each race. To yeah, I
2: I, also, I just think it's probably not worth messing with the formula too much. About. Again, that could be an interesting DLC at some point. True, but more lucrative DLC would just be to do Hot Wheels again. Yeah, which I'm sure is kind but of. But yeah, Hot Wheels. I mean, are they'd be idiots maybe. not to.
0: Um, One thing that's really cool is every time you go to start an event, there's a bunch of stuff you can do. You can tweak all the stuff on your cars, which I never do in this franchise. I never touch, like, the camber or...
2: I mean, I do in motorsport, not on this one. Yeah, I don't touch it, but you can. This is just Need for Speed with Forza branding, really.
0: Yeah, but you can, and there's tons of customization options. Uh, Somebody actually already made vinyls for Sifted, Cartoon Tom, Hmm. the guy who did the cartoon of you from an old episode mm. of Game Face. He actually went and made a bunch of vinyls for Sifted. Uh, so when you get the game, just go search for Sifted. you got to put our logo all over your car, any size you want to, wherever you want to. There's tons of that stuff in this game. Um, another thing you can do that before you start a race, you can choose your difficulty. And if you choose three stars and you win, you obviously get more accolades. But you can also create your own event right there in that menu. Um, and you could be able to do that in the last game, but the options that they've given you for this one are vastly improved. They're probably double what they were in uh, Forza Horizon 4. Uh, So I don't know how many people do that, but I did manage to check out a couple events that people had created, and I was surprised at how good they were. Now, Hmm. keep in mind, these are all games journalists who are doing it for their reviews or whatever, and they want to see how far they can push it. But some of the events were pretty impressive. So that's definitely something you should keep keep your mind on. Even if you don't want to do it, Check out some of the events that other people have created because some of them are really interesting and really fun. Um, One part of the game I did not really get to experience all that much, and we will talk about this game again next week as Matt has a chance to get to play it and I get to play more of it. But one thing I didn't really get to check out all that much is the shared multiplayer world because there weren't weren't that
2: many people Mm -hmm. playing. Did you get get any of the Drivatars from your previous games at all? I didn't see any, no. No, because I I know 4 would bring in Drivatars from other forces and stuff. It was populated pretty much from day one, even the early copy. No. To be fair, Drivatars are mostly just, they just determine how much of an asshole you are. Pretty much, yeah. Like apparently, my drive avatar is very annoying. Um, <laughs> You've had feedback. Uh, yeah, I've had feedback from that, like every time you're in the you're in the race. I know I'm just going to try to get run off the road. I'm like, well, yeah, that's because that's how I win in these games.
0: Yeah, you can look and you can still use cars as like a uh, guardrail. Oh yeah, there's some footage in here where I do it. Um, so a lot of those tactics are still there. I will say this though: the driving model it has changed. They have tweaked how the cars handle. I've noticed that. Once I get off, I'm starting to go off-road and I get kind of on the berm on the edge of a road, it will start pulling me off of the road more Mm -hmm. than the prior games did. I have to, you have to hold the stick the other direction a lot longer and a lot harder than you used to have to to get the car back onto the road. So maybe it's just that the physics are a little more accurate now. Um, They've said that they've tweaked the... The AI of computer drivers in this, I honestly haven't been able to see a difference. Like I said, I can still use them as guardrails around turns and basically abuse them. Uh, come charging into a turn entirely too fast, use them as a guardrail yeah. to bounce off. I mean, of that's and,
2: more of a function of the lack of damage model. Yeah, um,
0: which but, is interesting.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's not really what you're after in this, I guess. Yeah. In Forza Motorsport, you can't do that if you've yeah. got this. The Sims because your car gets so enough. beat up
0: that it, and it starts to drive poorly. Um, the audio in this is amazing. I, I don't play games very often anymore where the audio sticks out. But in this, it does. So this opening sequence, different sections, the jet will just fly right over your car and, like, pass you. And you literally just feel it, like, in your whole torso. Just this rumble coming up from behind you. And then, like, almost like a release as it goes over top of you and goes ahead of you and past you. Um, the sounds of the vehicle sound amazing. Um, some of the sound effects are a little annoying, like the sound effects for when you pass people, I found those to be a little grating, but overall the audio in this is just top shelf, amazing stuff. Um, and that's been pretty true of the prior games in the series too. Yeah. Not a huge surprise, but the point I'm making is that it was, it's, it's so apparent that it, I rem, I'm remarking about it on game face, which I don't think I've ta- I hardly ever talk about audio on game face at all. Um, but overall, I guess what I would say is that there is kind of a lack of surprises in the game, and I don't know if that's a ding on Forza Horizon Five or if it's if it's a if it's praise of the series in general because it's, it's just been so good for so long that they just keep piling on these extra elements to it that is just I don't know I, I really struggle to see how. Another developer at this point, even though this game isn't crazy revolutionary or different from the last one, I really struggle to see how another developer will ever pass this franchise. No, I would it's,
2: definitely not want to compete with them on their own game on this. I
0: w- if if a publisher came to my studio and said, hey, yeah. we want you to make an arcade racer that can uh, take out Forza Horizon, I would probably be like, dude, you need to find somebody
2: yeah, else. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess the crew... Was kind of trying to do that to some degree, and even then, played it. (laughs) uh, It wasn't good, and also the second one punted and tried to do stuff other than car. Like they know they can't beat them at the car game.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, The only other, I guess, like sometimes I'm a little surprised EA hasn't tried to do like a Need for Speed Horizon kind of thing. Yeah. But like.
0: But then you play a Need for Speed. Then you play a Need for Speed speed game. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) I I know why they don't do it. Like I feel like (laughs)
2: Criterion could do something comparable. They have
0: experience with the open world as well. Yeah. But like.
2: I don't know, like there's something different about, there, there's a there's a there's a certain spirit to these that just yeah, no other no other series has really managed to capture it it just manages to even the the normal forza motorsport series doesn't have the same sort of verve it just manages to hit that sweet spot between sim and arcade yeah and well it's, like it's sort a, of a you know kind of that's a, they're a really accurately named developer playground games, yeah, like they make playgrounds, yeah you know. And you can use the playground as, as seriously or as, as, as frivolously as you want, and uh, you have a lot of options. So like that's uh, they kind of they do exactly what their name says.
0: It, it is interesting how many times when I was playing this, I kept thinking about Fable. And maybe it's completely asinine to do that, but I just couldn't help it. I kept playing this game and thinking about these guys are making Fable. These guys are making Fable. And so I kept looking for elements in this game that might make it over to
2: Fable. There aren't many. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. I don't. I don't yeah. think there's like I don't know. Like I don't. It's a different team. It's a different. Yeah. You know, I, I, the, 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 most you're going to have the kind of company culture and the ethos they bring to this kind of coming to Fable, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, like I don't think there's a lot to be able to judge. Yeah. what Fable? That's will the conclusion
0: be. I've come to. I just haven't been able to help myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just while I'm playing it, I keep trying to find these parallels between the two games, and there are like none. Um, which is probably a good thing. And as you said, it's a new team, new people, um, while still using the technical expertise that they've applied to Forza Horizon, which is impeccable and amazing. Um, but yeah, overall, like I'm 10, 11 hours in, buy it. If you, if you have enjoyed any Forza Horizon games in the past, buy it. If you haven't bought, bought an arcade style racing game, buy it uh, in a long time. Like it's been three years since you bought one, buy it. Um, this is only available for Xbox and PC, so obviously if you're a PlayStation owner, you're kind of out of luck. Uh, Gran Turismo is coming soon, but there aren't really any big third-party driving games. There's, what, Grid is coming?
2: yeah. There's a couple. I mean, they're not. A, it's not a big genre anymore. Yeah, it used to be driving games in general. Just used smart. to be go-to. I remember, you know, back in the N64 days, that was how you evaluated new hardware. Was a third pop-in pop on library the library was a driving yeah. game because you want to see what the pop-in looked like. How what was the draw distance? Like yeah. was,
0: how much fogging were they using to cover up the draw-in, mm-hmm. which is a problem that they've been having with emulating the N64. The fog. Because the fog was used to hide yep. draw in, and now like the draw in isn't there because the emulators are more powerful than the N64 hardware. And so like mm-hmm. Ocarina of Time, there's like this weird shot that doesn't look the way it's supposed to, and blah blah blah. So, um, I'm having a blast with this. I'm definitely going to keep playing it. Um, I'm only 10 hours in, and I have not got anywhere near my fill from this game. Um, and it's gigantic. Mm-hmm. Like every time you finish an event, like eight more pop up. The map as I said at least 40% larger than any other Forza Horizon before it and it's just filled with stuff to do the terrain is varied um, the events are more varied I've definitely done some stuff even in the first 10 hours that I haven't done in a Forza maybe ever so um, I don't know if they front loaded it that's possible but after you're like 3 hours in it's all cracked open Like the first few hours are pretty curated pretty controlled and then it's just like boom the open world just scatters with all this stuff and they don't have control of me of me anymore after that. And so, and I started discovering new stuff that I'd never seen before. Tweaks to things like the barn finds that I talked about. You can hide your cars in barns and so people can find them. There's all kinds of cool, clever, little stuff like that. But all in all, it is still a very similar experience, albeit one that if you've ever played a Forza Horizon, you know it's awesome. Um, so yeah, no surprises here. This isn't one of those games where you're like, oh my god, like it's so different and they've killed the franchise. They've been smart with the changes and the additions that they've made. Uh, they've been smart about keeping the stuff that really works, uh, and maybe someday we can root for a, uh, a story worth paying attention to, but not for this one, that's for sure. Um, yeah, so there you go. The Forza Horizon Five it comes out tomorrow.
2: I think early access is yeah. Yeah. Like, start, like goes live tonight.
0: I want to say yeah, like around midnight time. So with
2: the deluxe edition or the uh, or the. The, the add-on if you're, if you're getting a Game Pass, you can buy the, the deluxe add-on, which gives you the early access as well. Ah, interesting. So How much is that? Forty-four. Oh, for, so that's like the full season pass and everything, yeah. for all that stuff. But it, but the it's ninety-nine for the whole thing. Right. So pretty decent deal, I guess. I, I mean, guess, you know, and you get
0: early access. You get, you get it
2: like four or five days early. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. Um. And it will be free on Game Pass. It'll
2: be yeah. it will be on Game Pass next week. So. Yeah.
0: Crazy, an awesome game like this. Free on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. It's really... Sometimes I still have to pinch myself and be like, really? Like, this exists? I can get... I can pay 13 bucks and get Forza Horizon 5 mm-hmm. for free? It's awesome. Um, so anyway, there you go. That's Forza Horizon 5 coming to a garage near you very soon. Next up, talk about another game. I've been playing... Tons of games this week, and again, these extra two days waiting for Matt's test to come back and everything gave me a chance to spend more time with each one of these. And um, all the games I've been playing this week, I have. think you skipped some. Oh, I did. Oh, that's right. I did skip something. Next, we're going to talk about something that happened dor- during last week's episode. Yeah, maybe you
2: should have skipped it. But... <laughs>
0: yeah, that's a good point, actually. Uh, we're actually actually next we're going to talk about Sony's state of play from last week, which, which happened while we were recording Game Face Live. I didn't realize until I listened to the archive how long the music had been playing in the show because we had state of play queued up in case we could make it work. We realized once Steve got here that it wasn't going to work and it was still playing in the background. So when Sony's stream kicked off and started playing the usual intro music that it always does, it was in the show. And not until I saw at the corner of my eye in chat that someone was like, music's playing. I turned it off, but it ended up being on for like a minute and a half or like two minutes or something. So our apologies about that last episode. We were trying to hook you guys up and do the state of play, and it ended up backfiring and making the archive of the, of the episode not as good as it should have been. Uh, and our apologies to Steve as well, because he was talking about a game he was very passionate about when the music was playing, and it sucked that it kind of it made it hard to hear what he was saying. Uh, so anyway, with all that out of the way, we are now going to discuss what actually happened at that state of play People would come back on a chat and said, you guys were smart, not so much of the state of play. Uh, it didn't have a lot of great stuff. But I'll say this, like, when I got home, I went and watched it. It wasn't that bad. Um, I think my expectations for it were pretty low to begin with. It was yeah. It was marketed to be a third-party focused state of play. Um, and we already know, like, Sony's cards are I on the table. I guess that was
2: true, sort of. What? I guess that was sort of true.
0: Yeah. Um, And Sony's cards are on the table already for the rest of the year.
2: Yeah. So I wasn't expecting. Next year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I wasn't expecting like some big surprise or anything like that. And we actually did kind of get one. Um, So I don't think it was terrible. Uh, But if you went in looking for like, oh my God, like here's more gameplay from God of War or whatever, I could see where you'd be disappointed. But Sony was pretty honest about what it was going to show. And. It showed like five or six games, but I think there were probably three that are actually worth mentioning here on Game Face. Uh, the first one is Little Devil Inside. Um, this game has caught my eye, Matt, for quite a while now. Um, it was one of those games where when they sh- debuted the PS5, it, I thought it was one of the better looking games in that presentation. Of course, the, the catch is that it's been in development for literally at this point like six years. Mm-hmm. It has been in development hell Um, And somehow this small studio has managed to survive with no revenue coming in to work on this game.
2: Very generous investors.
0: Somewhere, somebody has uh, helped these guys out, and it's turning into something that looks pretty awesome, man. Um, This particular presentation really focused on the world of Little Devil Inside. Um, Also, by the way, this is coming to everything, so it's a little weird how it's been featured um, yeah, it definitely
2: pl- is associated more with PlayStation which is because odd. it's been shown at their yeah. things. But it's but-
0: literally coming to everything. It's coming to both PlayStations, both Xbox, PC, and Switch. Um, so this is a multi-platform game in every sense of the word. Um, so no matter what platform you own, even if you're a Switch-only owner, you're going to be able to play this. I love the art style in this game. I love the lighting in this game. And after watching this presentation, I have a new appreciation for its world. Um, some of the things that they show off in this... Um, During travel in the world map, travel view, uh, you can come across and encounter different events. Uh, Some are like force, but in most cases, you have the option to engage with them or not. So there's player choice throughout the world in this game, which is good. Um, Some are just like simple interactions um, that can be performed while remaining in the world map view. You don't even have to like zoom down in, Um, like clearing roadblocks or refueling your vehicle at a gas station. Mm -hmm. But then there are some other times where you can actually zoom on in down into the full real time action gameplay level where you can where you can actually partake in combat and other things like that, or attend to Billy's needs. He's the lead character in the game and complete missions. Um, So it's a pretty interesting way that they're handling like here, they're showing it to you basically like, oh, there's sheep in the road on the road. You don't have to zoom in and take control of the vehicle to do something to get the sheep out of the way. You can do that at the kind of the zoomed out view. Um, And then there are some things that you need to do where you zoom straight into the map. It's kind of an interesting way to do things. It's almost like um, old JRPG maps Mm -hmm. where, like, you get out into the overworld and you have, like, an avatar that's out there. And, like, you can avoid, like, random encounters or whatever if you want to. And then if you actually get caught into an encounter, it zooms in and you go into full-on, like, gameplay view. Definitely borrowing some JRPG elements uh, for this game, which I was not aware of. Uh, before checking out this presentation. Um, In all, this, it's like a five-minute thing that they showed, got me way more interested in the game. I'm way more excited for the plot, the characters, and the world in it um, versus just kind of the gameplay, which is what they've shown off up until this point. Uh, This is definitely one to keep an eye on, guys, especially because it is coming to all platforms. It's not a PlayStation exclusive. I love the art style. I love the lighting. All of it. You can tell they spent a long time working on this game.
2: Oh, yeah, I I actually really don't like the character art You stuff. don't? You don't like I, the I like, eyes? I don't like anything about how the characters look or move Really? But I love everything else I interesting. love the world, I like the, the, everything the, the, I think the characters don't w- work in the world huh. I, think, I think they look like they're from a different game
0: I would, actually, I would agree with that Matt You're right, the world does not match the characters mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if that's intentional I think I'm, it might be
2: intentional I just don't like the character designs Interesting, um,
0: I liked it actually
2: like I really don't like that art style for the characters. Um, you know, they can do whatever they want, but yeah. like it's not probably not going to stop me from playing it. But like I really don't. I don't like looking. Not the main characters much, but the other characters. I don't like like the tall head things. Is like mm-hmm. I just mm, don't like it. Okay. Not into it. But I love the environments and everything they showed uh, of the world and everything in this. Like I think that looks really cool. Like it, Like yeah. Like you're right. I don't like the eyes, but I love how the scarf moves. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I think everything else is great. So
0: I agree with you that the characters do not match the world, but I am wondering if that's intentional and the game will explain that at some point. It could not, but mm-hmm. um, I do agree with that, uh, with that statement. Like I don't
2: need them to be like photoreal or anything, but just there's something about like, and I don't need them necessarily to match the world, but like I something about that just does not click with me. I don't I don't know why.
0: Okay, uh, and there's two other projects worth discussing. Um, one of them has become kind of a weird thing because of Greg Miller. Um, and that is Bug Snacks <laughs> is getting DLC as, as
2: so many things.
0: <laughs> it's all about Game Over Greggy. Is that what he calls himself? Yeah. Um, what is the thing with him? Like he was asking for achievements or something, and now they're going to do it because he asked for it or something.
2: Yeah, I think they, is it is that what? Yeah, he had, had trophies before. I, you would assume there's
0: something going on with him where he requested something and the developers are like, you know what, we'll do it. So yeah, I don't remember what that was. The power of Game Over Greggy. Uh, but I'll be sh-
2: honest, I don't actually pay too much attention yeah. <laughs> to them, So
0: I don't pay mu- too much attention to any of that crap anymore. Like influencer crap. No. <laughs> That's really what it is. It's like I get it. Tweens, whatever, they get into that stuff. I do not. I just care about the games really. Um and they did show off DLC. Yeah, I mean, just
2: I don't know why you'd want to watch a three hour thing of two two guys talking about video games. It's very weird to me.
0: Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, well we're not influencers, right, Matt? <laughs>
2: Uh, I guess no. I don't think we influence anyone. no. Yeah,
0: well, we do, actually. Uh, if you watch our show, you can see the comments. People are like, I bought this, like Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. People bought it because of Game Face. So we're influencing people, but I don't think that we're influencers. No,
2: I don't think we got a capital I on that. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. We're not getting in the VIP room get <laughs> EA Play or no, anything
0: like that. No, not anymore. We used to. Um, so, anyway, DLC for bug Snacks called the Isle of Big Snacks. Um, and I'll give you one guess why it's called that. And, and per- perfect timing with the B-roll as well, I would add. Um, <laughs> everything's big in this mm-hmm. DLC. All the bugs in the snacks, the bug snacks, are much larger than they were in the base game. Um, and I don't know if they're all bosses or not. I, I don't know. Also, there appear to be like man-made elements in some of the bug snacks. Like there, mm-hmm. there's one creature they show at the end that has like I think like knives or something for legs, hmm. which is a little weird because I don't think that that really matches the rest of the game, does it? Like I don't remember the bug snacks having like parts of like human culture.
2: No, they're they're more just I mean human culture in the sense that you know that was a butterfly with tortillas for wings. Like that's <laughs> a, that's not a, tortillas are not a naturally occurring thing. <laughs> so.
0: Naturally occurring in nature. Um uh, there's also a bunch of uh, new home renovation content, a la Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. It's been interesting watching Sony try to position this game to compete with certain things that when I played it, I never would have dreamed they'd try to position it to compete yeah. with.
2: Well, I will say, yeah, as, as, a, as in the run-up to the PlayStation 5 launch, I was an avowed Snacks hater. Right, um, yeah. I, I still don't really like looking at it. But yeah, like it's a it, very
0: odd-looking game. It had a
2: lot more going on than I expected it to have. Well, the plot ended the up plot, being very yeah, dark. the plot was like, <laughs> like... It got into some shit. Yeah, I know. Like it, I was like, I did not... Like there's some desperate, broken people in that village. Yeah, like
0: (laughs) I would have like initially said, you know, my niece and nephew, they could totally play this game. But then by the time I got to the end, I was like, oh no, oh no, I
2: don't think bug snacks for something called bug snacks. It trades on existential dread way more often than you think it would. It's It's interesting. uh,
0: Yeah, Uh, but anyway, it's coming in early 2022, so it's not coming this year. No, there's
2: some sordid stuff going on between those people with burgers for hands.
0: Yes. (laughs) It's a bizarre franchise for sure. Um, but it is getting DLC. It's coming early next year. Uh, there are 12 total new critters to collect. And, again, kind of the theme is that they're all big slash gigantic. Um, will that make you go back and check out Play Snacks again, Matt? No. No. <laughs> Me either.
2: Look, I'm I'll be honest. Like, I've, I've like I'm not, like, wholly against the idea. But the, the problem is that I have a hard time... I'm look, trying to look forward to when that DLC comes out. I'm trying to imagine that I'm going to be willing to give internal hard drive space to that. And yeah. I just don't see it happening. <laughs> Not on the PS5. If
0: yeah. I had
2: more space in that thing, I'd think about it. Yeah. But... Uh, I mean, I think the base game was only like nine wasn't games. wasn't huge, no. Yeah. But, but all the same, I... you know, this, anything, It's at a premium. Yeah, you, you hit a point where you're like, okay... Like if things full. Like if you want, if anyone wants to get on this thing, you're gonna have to make a case. Yeah. And I don't think Bug Snacks makes. It's, it's case. to make some hard
0: decisions on cuts.
2: Yeah. Because games are so huge. Although I guess I think is, is, is it a PS? It's not a PS5 exclusive, is it?
0: No, I think it's also PC.
2: Yeah, it's also on PC. Yeah. So I guess it may be there. I don't yeah. Know.
0: yeah. Um. Be like I just finally got rid of uh, the latest Call of Duty. It was like 180 mm-hmm. gigs, and I'm like the new one's coming. There's gonna be another 100 gigs yeah. in. But-
2: I'll tell you, I sp- I spent some time uh, this week trying to get th- through the en- get to the end of uh, Watch Dogs Legion again. Oh, you did. Because I was like, oh, because it was New DLC and the Assassin's Creed crossover stuff, and mm-hmm. I was playing that. And I had just hit a point where I was like, nah, no, nope. I'm just going <laughs> to uninstall this. I'm just not.
0: I'm surprised because you usually do go back and finish those UB open world games. Yeah,
2: there's just something about this one that just... I don't know. I'm still playing. Into- I- I'm still playing Valhalla pretty regularly, mm-hmm. uh, when you know, just to keep up on things and try to slowly get through the DLC because that thing's up to like 135 gigs at this point. Like, if they really are going to support that for another two years, like, that, that thing's going to be like a, th- a third of my hard drive by yeah. the end of this. But um, it's uh, yeah. I, I'm not. I don't like. Legion's not bad, but it's just like, meh. Like. That's I don't care. I, about it, about I don't it care about beginning. any of it. Yeah. Like, like, all, they, they start talking about the things that DeadSec and like, 404 did this. And I'm like, who oh, oh, gives a what? shit. <laughs> like, I, I just tune out. Yeah. CTO, oh, no. CTO. Like, you know, it's also a little too frustrating, I guess, maybe in a real life sense, where it's just like CTOs is the most blatantly, obviously evil, evil entity around. And like, people just don't seem to either notice or care. And I'm like, you know, I play video games to escape.
0: That's too much like reality. Yeah, it's like,
2: <laughs> if I want to see that, I'm just going to open a news program, I'll just right? Turn
0: on CNN yeah. or
2: something. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's great. Uh, so anyway, that's the latest on bug snacks. Um, and then the final game that I really wanted to discuss today on Game Face is the brand new Star Ocean. Um, Matt, how do you feel about Star Ocean? It's been since um, 2016 since we've had a new game in the series.
2: Star Ocean is sort of one of the kings of the also-ran JRPGs. Like, they've always just been sort of a day late and a dollar short to some degree. Yeah. Um, I think I, I, the first one I played was, I think they, they started on, I want to say it started on, on Super Famicom, but I think the first one I played was on PS1, mm-hmm. um, which would have been Star Ocean 2, I think.
0: Oh, Nox Tornitis is saying that the DLC for Bug Snacks didn't have trophies until Greg asked for them. Oh, okay. okay, to clarify that. That is
2: weird. That That is weird. Add trophy. Why wouldn't you put trophies on it? Good looking out, Greg. Actually, Um, (laughs) but the uh, yeah, and so that you know, and Star Ocean has been sort of like, oh, that was that's interesting. Okay, I guess sure. And like that was sort of my reaction to Star Ocean two, and it's continued to be my reaction to every Star Ocean since then. Uh, I know that I think it was the third one had the the, like. There's a big reveal through it that like the whole game has actually been a simulation. Mm-hmm. And all this, and like a lot of yeah. people hate that or love it, or I don't remember. If that was three or four, and then like the last one was what integrity and faithlessness.
0: Yeah, some dude. The title was yeah, like, which which was so <laughs>
2: generic that I know I played about long it. gaming titles last week. I got it for one. like nine ninety nine at Fry's, like a year later, <laughs> and I know I played it, but I can't tell you a thing about it. Wow. Um, well, so that's sort of where I am with Star Wars. A lot of music's usually good. Uh, and I like, I like the idea of a th- more sci-fi themed JRPG. This doesn't seem to be leaning into that so much. So, Matt, here's the thing.
0: So this is a sci-fi RPG, but they end up marooned on a planet that is trapped in medieval times. Yeah,
2: that happens a lot in Star Ocean. <laughs> That's like that Star Ocean. The, the first one I played, Star Ocean 2, is like the same thing. Like they, you start on a ship, and you crash on a planet, and you're stuck there. And, so, and, and the planet is like medieval-time tech It's level.
0: so that they can make it a sci-fi RPG and yeah, a go fantasy and RPG.
2: Yeah. Um, the one which, the,
0: convenient, but it works.
2: And some of them have leaned much harder into the sci-fi angle. Yeah. You know, but, oh, yeah, uh, for sure. Particularly the one, uh, yeah, the one starring Edge Maverick, <laughs> which is one of the most try-hard names for a video game protagonist <laughs> I've ever heard. Like, that's... That's hero protagonist level. That's Snow like Crash. throwing the
0: magnet the fridge magnets up. That's and- a question.
2: They they're doing an adaptation, a TV adaptation I think of uh, Snow Crash mm-hmm. whose who's main character is a, is a guy named hero protagonist. And I'm like so so you're going to name him something different or are you gonna just, you're just going to say that out loud on television in the year in the year of our lord 2022 <laughs> that his name is Mr. Protagonist. Yeah. Or are you going to call him like Mr. Progonagist Pertana- or something <laughs> like that? Are you going to like pronounce it weird? Like yeah. I, I don't know. I have been thinking about that for some reason. Just
0: Dude that wait, let, let's just look at that footage right there. That is some goofy ass stuff right there. I'm going we'll to rewind weird... it real quick on the tricaster. What <laughs> So flying, everyone has a jetpack
2: in this. Yeah. It's a big but thing. But apparently they don't want to render the jetpack all the time. But now watch this. So. Watch
0: when he start like, after he jumps here. Now watch how he just starts to, like, float to the Oh, I'm, I lost it somehow. There's one shot where he's, like, floating, like, sideways. And it just, it's like they just pathed him, like, sideways. And didn't adjust the animation or anything for it, mm-hmm. like. It seems to me, if this is a big new feature in your brand new fancy RPG in your debut trailer, you would get that part nailed before you ran the footage in the
2: first trailer for it. Sure. Have you? Are you new to Square Enix? <laughs> have you been here before? Yeah. Oh, by the um, way, it's
0: called Star Ocean the Divine Force. We didn't even mention sure, that. Sure, why not? Yeah. <laughs> it's coming in this, 2022. This looks like
2: a low-budget, also-ran competition to uh, the new Tales game to me. That
0: or it looks like it's like mixing like Dragon Ball in with Star Ocean, like the the flying and all that kind of stuff. I just,
2: just, like you're talking about like high budget sort of like high budget JRPGs that are not Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest. Like I feel like pretty much everyone probably only has room for one of those in their life. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) so far it looks like Tales of Arise was the right call. Yeah. Um, it seems like a much higher quality product. I mean, generally t- the Tales games have been compared to Star Ocean.
0: Yeah, Star Ocean has really struggled with the last couple console generations. Yeah, to remain relevant as time
2: has gone on, or just to be relevant, or just to be interesting. Like right. To, to, like, like if I don't, like I can't tell you why you should play Star Ocean. I can't either. Like even if even as, as like oh if you like whatever maybe you'll like Star. I can't think of what that is. Not because I think everything in Star Ocean is bad, but because I don't really remember anything about Star Ocean games. yeah, Like, they're just sort of, there are games I played, and there are hours I will never get back, and it's not like I regret them fully, but I also don't have much memory of them. Like, they're just sort of, you know, it was better than staring at a wall. (laughs) Here's the the official- Slap that on the back of the box.
0: Here's the official synopsis from Square Enix. Um, Featuring a story that blends fantasy and sci-fi settings, a plethora of different playable characters and side stories, and a unique battle system that allows for thrilling fights using simple and instu- instinctive controls. <laughs> that was, okay, that's their boilerplate. That is
2: a really weird match cut there. Like, yeah, where it cuts from that one guy to the girl, and they're in the same position. Right, like, that's a very strange editing choice. It's
0: like a jump cut, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are two playable characters in the game, um, but I don't know if you switch between them or if you choose one and you stick with it for yeah, the whole. No. They don't explain it in really. The, in
2: the in the past, I believe you picked one. And yeah, I don't remember if the other one was an actual character in the game after that. But okay. Who but knows?
0: I'll say this the real time combat looks pretty good.
2: Yeah. Um, but, like, I think Tales of Arise is the, is the bar for that at this yeah. point. Uh, well, either Tales of Arise or the Final Fantasy Remake, whether you know what good combat is or not. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, uh, I, I have a hard time believing this is going to match either of them. So, probably a safe bet. <laughs> I would say, Kyle. Um, and then, as for the rest of this... It just hasn't before. You know, yeah. Like, like Star, Ocean just, Star Ocean is a C-lister, as far as it I, is. I, can, I can determine, as far as I can remember.
0: Yeah. It is slated to come out next year, um, and it's coming to everything. PS4, PS5, PC, and both Xboxes. No Switch for that one, though. Unless we want to go the cloud route. Um, uh, but it's coming to everything, and it's sometime next year. They didn't give us even a quarter or a month or anything like that. Um, I, there are fans of this franchise still out there, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Um, I'm not one of them, but there are people out there who like it. Oh, you know?
2: there's it's nothing so mediocre that someone on the internet doesn't love it. That's true.
0: That's a good point. Uh, and then for the rest of the state of play, there's a couple things worth mentioning uh, Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach, mm-hmm. which I will say is a huge step up from the prior Five Nights at Freddy's games. It appears that that guy has finally taken the gobs and gobs of money that he's made and hired some talented people. Well, I don't think
2: he's the one doing it anymore. Oh, he doesn't. As far as I know, he kind of sold it off for. Or step back from it. It's oh, just, I think I he's that. just licensing. I don't it. blame him.
0: I would have done it too.
2: He made his money,
0: and then some.
2: And we'll continue to make his money. And
0: we'll continue to. Um, Not it's bad like, for a game made of spite. Yeah. Well, that guy had made what hundreds of games. He made a
2: bunch of like Christian games, like like match the beavers to please Jesus or whatever. And like <laughs> he was getting upset that like all the it was right around the time you know right around the time that streaming was starting to take off and people were like getting you know PewDiePie was taking off by, you know, screaming at you don't hear about PewDiePie pie anymore. I'm fine with
0: that. I know, but I haven't um, heard anything about him for, like, over a year. Good. Isn't that weird, though?
1: Yeah.
0: He's a dick. He... Uh, yeah, but I'm saying, like, we heard about him continually for years. Yeah, well, he hasn't done anything new, really. I mean, is it... Has
2: he just not been a jerk? Is that what... We might have learned to keep his mouth shut. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I think maybe that's what happened.
2: He finally figured it Imagine out. Imagine that. Yeah. Um, that's right. He can be taught. But, no. uh... Yeah, it's it. You know, right around the time all that was starting to blow up, and I guess that guy, the finance Freddy guy, was like mad that like he was, you know, it's like I can make a scary game,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: like I'll show him, I'll make a scary. So he just made a scary game based on like you know the, the showbiz show pizza stuff that terrified him as a kid. And sure enough, it, sure enough, he was, was right. right. It blew it up. <laughs> it did blew, blew it up. He, he could
0: make so. a scary game. Yeah. Then he did it three more times. Yeah. <laughs> and and now there's someone else going to keep. Now doing he can it. go
2: right back to making beavers for Jesus. Yeah,
0: so. <laughs> uh, his but, true calling. Yeah. <laughs> but Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach, it comes out December 16th, so it's coming pretty soon. Uh, and it is a huge step up compared to the prior mm. games in the series. The, him handing it off to somebody was the best thing that could have happened for that franchise.
2: Yeah, well, he was making all this himself. Like, it was just right. you know, different. Yeah, it's insane
0: thing. that he did that by himself. It's pretty impressive. Uh, so that was one of the big games. I showed Death's Door, which we've all seen a bunch of already, a new kart racing game called Kart Rider Drift. Um, and then there is a beta coming up for King of Fighters 15. Uh, You can find all this at sifted.net. You can just search by game title and go to the game page. It'll all be there. Um, And then they debuted a game called First Class Trouble. And the studio is called Invisible Walls, which I found interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm guessing that the people who founded that studio are so young they don't know about Invisible Walls. Probably not. <laughs> but it's interesting. I'm surprised it's taken this long for something to be named that after mm-hmm. the podcast. Um, I think older people probably are like, well, I can't take the name of that podcast that used to be around. But younger kids are just like, whatever. Uh, so anyway, there's a studio called Invisible Walls. It's making a game called First Class Trouble. And it actually looks pretty cool. Um, you should check that out on the site, sifted.net, if you get a minute. Uh, but those are the big three games, or at least the games that I felt like were, were worth mentioning. It wasn't a terrible state of play, I didn't think. Um, I think the problem, Matt, was that people left our show and then went to the State of Play, and the comparisons are what made them think State of Play was so bad because our show is so awesome.
1: Hmm.
0: <laughs> a man can dream. Uh, but I didn't think it was as bad uh, as that.
2: Like, Sneaky says you got competition in Ireland.
0: Uh, Shane, there's a show over here called Game Face. I've seen that. Um, I don't think they've published a new episode for years, though. Um, and also, there is. Another company called Game Face that literally makes shields for your face mm. for, like, sports. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I tried to get, like, a URL from them, actually, when we were launching the site. Mm. And they wanted, like, so much. Because, dude, their website was a joke. And I was just like, dude, just sell me the URL. And they wouldn't. <laughs> they wanted way too much money. Everybody thinks that if you approach them to buy a URL that they're just going to get rich. Mm-hmm. And they wanted, like, $100,000. And I was <laughs> like, dude, Okay. <laughs> All right, I'll move on. Uh, So anyway, there you go. That's State of Play for October 2021. Probably the last one that we're going to get for 2021. Yeah. Maybe they slide one more in in December.
2: Maybe, but I think it's more likely to get one in like January for Horizon. That's what I'm thinking too. Like a big blowout. Yep, but look, Sony's
0: cards are on the table for the rest of the year. Expecting anything than what we got from that State of Play is foolish, or was foolish. Um, I think we got exactly what we expected. Some Kind of big third-party stuff, mostly indie third-party stuff. Um, And now it's just let the chips fall where they may for Q4. And uh, hopefully a much better year ahead in 2022 for PlayStation 5. At least I'm hoping for that. Because to me, it has not been a great year for PS5 software. Okay, now we're ready to move on to another awesome game that I've been playing that I've really enjoyed. And it is called Age of Empires 4. Now, I will just say right off the bat, if there is one genre that I am least qualified to evaluate is real-time strategy. Mm -hmm. I've played them my whole life, but I tend to like find one that I like and I stick with it for a long time and I don't play all of them. So if something comes along that does something really really innovative, foosh, it's right over my head, I don't even know it exists. I'm just not good at them. I have discovered that I'm not very good at them either after playing Age of Mm Empires 4.
2: Especially because I go through the campaigns and and then I go online and play multiplayer and just like I'd just be ended oh, in I don't like even, seconds. I don't like, even mess with that, dude. Because the meta on on online multiplayer RTS is not the meta for the campaign. Like the it's campaigns teach different. you nothing about how to play the game um, properly. Multi- multiplayer, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and the other thing, too, about this game in particular, is some people may not like this, but it stays very close to Age of Empires 2. Yeah. Which I have played a ton of, and most it, people have. Because yeah, because it's, it's
2: probably the favorite, I think. It I, might
0: be I, the best RTS ever made,
2: honestly. Hmm. It's up close, there. It's up there, but like I would put a couple above it. So. What would you what would your picks be? Uh, I like Rise of Nations okay. very very much. I can understand that. And um I would also uh I mean it's not quite the same thing, but I love the Dawn of War games. Okay. Um Dawn of War 2 is is a is a big one. And uh, I love Company of Heroes. Okay. Um Company of Heroes is more my speed. Um, I
0: like the setting of that better yeah. for sure. Um, the, this, it's the, the more
2: um Kind of the more small scale sort of tactical stuff is more interesting to me than the larger scale, which is funny because I'm the opposite when it comes to turn-based stuff. Mm. Like, like we talked about Shining Force last week. Yeah. Like, I like t- turn-based strategy. I like big, large armies moving things around. For real-time stuff, I like having a squad kind of thing, which is also true of uh, Dawn of War 2. Yeah. Um, the Dawn of War games are also my first real exposure to the Warhammer 40K stuff. So
0: All those RTSs under the 40K banner are pretty damn good.
2: Pretty good. Dawn of War 3 was not so much. But those first two, the relic, the first two Relic ones, like, wow. And yeah. the Total War games are good. But, I mean, that's, yeah. 40, that's regular Warhammer, not 40K. But right. I, they should make one. They should make a 40K Total War. I would they will, I'm that. sure. But I still go back and play the Dawn of War, War, uh, like, the Take Over the Map campaigns. That's also yeah. why I like Rise, Rise of Legends, Rise of Nations, is because they have that, that you know, Conquer the World campaign. It's like Risk, basically. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. yeah I can get by that, too. Um, but I, but I, I know that, like... Age of Empires 2 is by far the favorite of the fam- fandom of Age of Empires. Uh, Age of Empires 3 tried to introduce a bunch of interesting things that didn't quite work too well. Yeah. And, and I think they've also it got hurt by that remaster being a disaster at right. launch. yep. Um, so going back to the going back to the Age of Empires 2 drawing board for four makes a lot of sense if you're trying to revitalize this franchise.
0: Well, I think the other thing that they wanted to do too was make it accessible. Yeah. To because this game's coming out. This is also on Game Pass, by the way. For if you have PC Game Pass, this is free. You can go download it right now and start playing. Um, and I they've stated, and I don't do I don't read or watch a lot of developer interviews, but somehow I did catch one for this game, and they stated from the beginning that they wanted to make sure that this game was accessible to both newcomers and fans and veterans of mm. 2. Um, and I feel like they've done that. The the game opens with great tutorials that explain pretty much everything, but it's you don't even really need them because the UI in the game is really intuitive, very mm. easy to figure out. The flow of everything is very easy to figure out because a lot of stuff is just like automated. Yeah. So I mean,
2: Relics very good. I mean these are the Donna War people. So Yeah. Yeah, partly. I mean there's a bunch of credit developers but I know relics in there somewhere
0: yep Uh, but as I said they've dialed it back compared to age 3 it's definitely more like age of empires 2 um it does have the classic skirmish mode it has four different campaigns um and a separate campaign for each of kind of the the civs they're the normans the mongols the rus and the english and each one of those plays out across three distinct eras the story is told it's weird. What do you, what do you think about this footage, Matt? So what, it's it like, like a wireframe. It's real world live action footage, and then they put the wireframe hmm. battles over top of it. Saves rendering time, I guess. I guess. It's
2: really weird. Um, all the cinematics. I guess maybe are- you also don't want to like directly compare top-quality CG footage to what you're about to play? Maybe. I don't know. Like, that's that's a choice.
0: I mean, they went and shot a ton of stuff. Like, all these historical locations, mm. and, like, just they got people dressed up in, like, chain mail and had them get whacked by, like, swords and morning stars, and they have these dramatically lit close-up shots of the chain mail getting hit. And it's just hmm. – it's really weird the way that they tell the stories in this. But I also like it because they set up these historical scenarios and they have a narrator who narrates along and says, "Okay, well, now England, you know, was it was ruled by this guy. And this guy wanted to take it over. And and this is how he plotted his way through the areas. And this was this big stronghold that was the final kind of stopping point. And if they knew if they took it, they would take the country and he could become king. They do a great job of. Setting things up, explaining how things work, explaining why things happen the way that they did, and then letting you try to play through them. Um, to your point earlier about large-scale battles, here you go right here in the B-roll. It's, this is like one of the first things that you do, but it teaches you almost
2: everything you need to know about the
0: game. It teaches you which units work yeah, this, against...
2: This was like the Agon What? This was like Agon Corps? Ag Battle, Battle of Core, Yeah,
0: right? yep. And so like in this one, you want to look like you're withdrawing the enemy rushes at you, which exposes them. It makes them break their guard with their shields, which allows you to burst through their lines and then start taking on the other parts of the enemy or of, of the army, the enemy army. Um, and these keep happening. The each mission is like really I want to say it's hand holding because stuff happens randomly out of nowhere that like shock me all the time. Like the AI in this game is really good. To your point about it being hard. I found this game to be really hard. And I was playing it on, like, I bumped it up, like, a difficulty level. And one of the missions that I played, it was like, okay, you need to take over basically three cities. And then the fourth one, you're going into the big city to take that over. But when you get to, like, the second city, the Danes start attacking your second city. And so you have a choice. You can either pay off the Danes to leave you alone, or you can go and attack their camp and take them out. And so the first time I did it, I was like, all right, I'm going to go to their camp and take them out. And so I went to their camp and I started like attacking their camp. And then they started attacking the other cities that I had taken. And I had to very quickly like start sending guys back to these other camps. Like you have to make sure that you're literally, that's where this phrase comes from, covering all your bases in this game. Because if you don't and you leave one of your, one of your territories unprotected, the AI will swoop right in and take it out. And take out like your most important buildings. Like, immediately. Um, Taking over territories in this isn't just about, by the way, um, taking out all the other enemies. Although some of them work that way. But for the most part, it's about taking out their buildings and their things that they've built in their territories to take them over. Um, Which is an interesting way to do it. Because there was one time where I went into a territory. There was no enemies there. I didn't realize I needed to take out, like, their trebuchet and their camp and and their tower and all that stuff. I left. Came back later, they were there again. I had to fight them. And then I realized, oh my gosh, when they weren't here earlier... Oh, I, this, I is a, this is a battle of Hastings. Hastings. Yeah. I could have taken all that stuff out and taken the camp the first time I was there. So there's, there's flexibility in how you make progress through the game, which I like. And the AI plays along with it. And you can end up getting totally screwed if you're not paying attention to all the areas that you've already taken. Um, what else... Let's see. Um, oh, playing as all the different factions is really different. Um, for example, the Mongols, who were, would generally be, like, probably the last one I'd want to choose to play as, just morally.
2: <laughs> yeah, but it's probably the easiest one.
0: It is. <laughs> because the crazy part about it is they can pack up a camp and move in, like, a turn. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense historically, because mm-hmm. they were marauders who just conquered... And so in the game, that comes through in the fact that you can just be like, you know what? I'm out of here. Pack everything up into a caravan and take it all with you in one turn. And that drastically changes how you play the game. Um, and each faction has, like, I think I saw in the PR stuff, like, at least a dozen unique characteristics that make them different to play as. Um, what else? Oh, each... each um civ also has two different landmarks that you can build um and that's when the age changes so once mm-hmm. you satisfy a set of requirements you then are presented with two options to build landmarks once that landmark is built then that civ moves on to the next age um and i actually had a case where i built one of the landmarks as it was being built before it could be finished the enemy rolled into my camp, destroyed what soldiers I had left, and then destroyed the landmark before it could even be built. And, but the game figured it out, and it was like, okay, we'll go to one of the other territories you own, and now I'll give you the choice again. Um, so there's flexibility there as well. Uh, they came in and destroyed the building. I still was able to build it. I didn't have to like start all over again and build the requirements that I needed to build it in the first place. That was good. Um, sieges have changed a ton in this. Also, our chat is going crazy. Tiny2K is just gifting subs out the yin-yang. Hmm. Awesome. Thank you, man. Um, what else? Oh, I was talking about um, Siege. So Siege has changed a ton in this. It used to be that you'd have to like haul your Siege units all the way from the territory where you're making the Siege units all the way to that new territory and then set them up. It now has changed to where... Um, normal units can produce the battering rams and siege towers and the wall-mounted archers. Um, so mm. you can just set all that stuff up on the fly. You don't have to like, have those people traveling all the way from a territory along, a long way away to get to where you want to have the stuff built or where do you, you want to actually siege another territory. Um, one issue that I have with the game is I would like to have full control over the camera. You can't really see it because the sifted watermark is kind of over it on the bottom right there. But basically, there's like a rotate camera left and right buttons there um and you can go full 360 but it's in increments you can't just get the camera where you want and just let it sit there and fight hmm. the zoom levels are pretty limited um which i'm kind of surprised at for a game that can't, that's coming out in 2021
2: I mean, usually like games like this have full camera control now like full yeah, like wasd
0: yep yeah, i found it odd that you have those two little buttons that you can click to just go
2: er, er, er,
0: like i don't know there's probably like eight different positions around the full circle. And then there's only a couple levels of zoom. The game didn't let me like zoom in really closely to look at the units. And I think that might be a good thing because their animations aren't that great. I know a lot of people really like kind of the 2D sprites from Age of Empires 2. And I'll, I'll agree they had a lot of charisma, a lot of character for sprites. And I think people are maybe afraid to stray too far from that. But the animation in this is pretty bad. And there's, like, no...
2: Age of Empires has never been a star for animation. Yeah, Although like, oh, it's kind of weird, because, like, Relics animation has always been... The you know, yeah. Dawn of War games have animation, They're like, you wouldn't believe. Yeah, I, I think it's a like you could zoom. Yeah, you could zoom in and, like, watch them fight, like, hand-to-hand in those games. And, like, you'd see, like, interesting kills and yeah. stuff. Yeah, like, there's there's not much of that in yeah, this This just at all. looks like the standard sort of... Guys poking spears and swords, yep. and one of them eventually falls over, kind of thing. And
0: it could be a scale thing, as you yeah, mentioned earlier. Yeah. Like the battles in this are large scale battles, and so maybe trying to animate that many soldiers on screen at the same time, and if you're zooming in a long yeah. ways, and
2: although then creative assembly turns around and right laughs at and you. does it. So yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So uh, there are some small issues with this game. I've probably played this, I don't know, fifteen hours, something like that. Also hooked on this. Also going to continue to play it. Um, it's going to be tough because there are a ton of games to play right now to get back to this um, but i've had a ton of fun with it I really enjoyed it again this is free on game pass one other issue I had and this is weird Matt my mouse and keyboard kept disconnecting in this game hmm until I plugged them into my into another set of USB ports on my pc so where where they've always been plugged in once the game would start the mouse would go dead and the keyboard would go dead mmm I pulled those out, the key, the keyboard and the mouse, and plugged them into this other bank of USB ports, and it worked fine. Huh. I have no idea why that happened.
2: Mermelson says if you hold Alt and use the rotate mouse, you can rotate it as you want. You can? hmm And don't use the buttons. Really? So you hold Alt, and then what do you do? And then you rotate. It says rotate mouse, so you use the mouse to Oh, to you look. use the
0: mouse in to rotate the camera. Thank you for that pro tip, because I never found that. And I did find the tutorials in this to be excellent. Um... In fact you're seeing a little bit of that now they start you in this little hamlet and like the first thing it's like okay here's a berry bush go get some berries and it just that teaches you how everything else works Uh. so you you click on a, a unit you send them to the berry bush they automatically start carrying the berries back and then they show you hey there's animals out in the wilderness around your camp you send someone to an animal they shoot the animal the animal goes down automatically they start making the trip back and forth from the carcass to your base to start loading. And then they're like, Hey, here's this mill that you can build. And now people will start taking And It does the game just logically and chronologically teaches you how to play it very organically. However, it did not teach me how to have free form of the, mm. over the camera, which is odd um, because everything else, the tutorials I thought were excellent in this. And I am someone who's played RTSs for a long time at this point. Uh, and again, I'm not an expert on the genre, um, but I played him for a long time. And, um, so I didn't need the tutorials that much, but it had been a while since I played an Age of Empires game and it was very helpful, um, in getting me up to speed very quickly. Um, within an hour, I felt like I had pretty much mastered the game other than the camera, obviously. Um, but yeah, I've had a lot of fun with Age of Empires for, again, it is free on Game Pass for PC. You have to be a Game Pass PC subscriber, um, and you can get it for or free. Ultimate. Or ultimate, yeah, which same thing. We're just both basically, um, and yeah, just another reason why Game Pass is amazing. Um, one of the best RTS games I think that I've played in the last couple years is just free for thirteen bucks a month, which is incredible. Um, yeah. So that's Age of Empires Four. Matt, do you have any interest in playing it?
2: Maybe, like I just didn't. I just didn't get to it. It was. Uh... So I will say um, the Game Pass thing is really cool. But at the same time, it also makes me feel a little less urgent to get to things.
0: That's a good point, actually. I can see that because you're like, it's going to be there. It's going to be there. All the yeah. first party stuff is going to be there. Um, that's an interesting psychology, actually. And mm-hmm. not that Microsoft cares.
2: No, they still got my money because for you weren't going b- Well, yeah. do you
0: think you would have bought Age of Empires if it weren't on Game Pass? Probably not. Yeah, not for full price. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have either. Thirty, forty bucks, I probably would have bought it for that, but yeah. not for like fifty or sixty. Yeah, yeah. So I am playing a game that I probably wouldn't have played before. But that's what Game Pass is great. It's like, you know, you can sample stuff. Very low commitment. If you don't like it, just delete it and move on to something else that you do like.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this, I think, was like 30 gigs, if I remember correctly. It's not that huge. It's not like that no. big big of an install. Um, and look, I did not spend much time on the multiplayer. So you're probably wondering, hey, well, Shane, what's up with that? But to Matt's point, like, there's really no reason for me to play the multiplayer. Because <laughs> I'm just going to get annihilated. Yeah. Um, they they, those people have learned the metas in that stuff. And again, because it is so similar to Age of Empires 2, um, those people who have been playing Age 2 are now playing Age 4 using the same tactics and being successful with them. So no thanks. Um, they do need to find like some way for people like us to be able to play multiplayer. Like a senior citizens league. Or something, (laughs) man. Like, it's not just us though. It's like to be as good as these people are at this, they play it a lot. Hmm. Like, I shouldn't have been expected to have spent, like, 500 hours on Age of Empires to be competitive at multiplayer.
2: Yeah, a lot of people say that about Call of Duty, too. Yeah,
0: that's true. Yeah. (laughs) It's a problem. I mean, really. If if you're interested in getting people to partake in multiplayer, it's a problem. You have this very small set of people who are very good at these games, and unfortunately, as a noob, you end up having to play against them.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, And it's not fun. (laughs) It really isn't. So, I hardly touched the multiplayer in this. I didn't, uh, so maybe it's not fair that uh, I'm telling you to buy it or not buy it, having not experienced what a lot of people will spend most of their time doing in this game. Um, but I think that's probably not true. Most people will want to play through the campaign, and I had a blast doing it. I felt like it onboarded me really well. Um, I never felt like a fish out of water. I never got caught off guard where something happened and I'm like, I don't know how to react. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, I knew how to react. Whether I did it well enough to survive or not is a different story, but I knew what to do and how to do it. Um, and that's a testament because these games are complicated. If you have, like, all the resources that you're collecting and you're managing, you're building the buildings, and the certain buildings feed into some of the resources. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you, if you find, like, a gold deposit somewhere, like, figuring out what you do with the gold after you collect it, like, all that stuff, the game does a great job of teaching you how to do it. Um, and it is very simple and intuitive to do it, even if, if the game doesn't show you. So um, for a game to have these, this many options um, and still be able to do such a good do- job teaching the player in a sh- very short period of time, that's impressive. But, again, the studio has been doing it for a long time. I think it's pretty much figured out how to make that stuff happen. So uh, that's Age of Empires 4, only for PC.
2: Yeah. For we- now.
0: For now. Do you think it will come to the series? Because obviously it could run on an Xbox series. Yeah, I don't
2: know. Like, I, I don't think they have. They never have. Yeah. Which is weird. Hmm.
0: But I wonder if Microsoft might push for that. A
2: little more complicated than I think the usual. You know, like Battle for Middle-Earth was not a super complex RTS, like Halo Wars games are not Yeah. I mean, compared to this, yeah. because you really need to use a mouse for this. Yeah. Just to
0: like select like your whole army to tell them to go into battle yeah. or to return. Like, ways
2: around, but it's, like, it not, they've never really found a real smooth way to do that. Yeah. Um, Battle for Middle Earth Two kind of had some cool, but also Battle for Middle Earth Two was not as nitty. It's not as granular as this was. You mm-hmm. had like four different types of units, and that was about it. There's, there's a lot more, you know, on the ground strategy you need to deal with in the Age of Empires games. So, yeah, probably wouldn't translate very well.
0: Probably not. Um, but there you go. That's those are my impressions of Age of Empires Four. Um, seems like some people are playing it in chat, and they're liking it. Um, let's take a look really quick. Um Vincent said Vincent has also been playing it because he's been playing it for another show that we're doing on Sifted. You'll be seeing that episode on Saturday of Game Pass or Fail. Um he mentions that you can do co-op against AI if you want. He's absolutely absolutely right. Yeah. So you don't have to play against somebody. You can play cooperatively cooperatively if you want to. Um CineTyke, thank you for all the bits, man. We really appreciate it. We appreciate all the bits. All those, the Twitch Prime subscription you guys have been giving us through the show, all of it's awesome. I think we hit the the hype train, not like, a while ago, which is awesome. Um, the Big Smoke says they should put it in the cloud for console users. I don't know how the cloud solves the problems of controls, though. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's really the big issue, is getting this yeah. game to work on a console controller. It's not that it won't run. It'll run fine on an Xbox Series X. No problem. Um, the big issue is getting the controls to work with a, the with a gamepad. And then Kaimil 1983 says, "Isn't that what matchmaking is made for? It is uh, to play against people at your skill level." But
2: it doesn't have it yet. Yeah,
0: there isn't any. Yeah, there's no there's, ranked yet. There's as no Vincent ranked. Says too. Yeah, there's no ranked multiplayer yet at all. Um, and hopefully that shows up eventually because you definitely need
2: it with this game. Yeah, I'm sure it's coming.
0: But even with games like Call of Duty that are all rank based, like you still end up playing against people that just whoop your ass. Like yeah. it just happens. Um, because in Call of Duty is different because you have a ton of players on each side. It's not just one on one. Blah blah blah. So they should, you're right. They should do a better job of matchmaking in a game like this, than they would in like a first person shooter. Uh, Sir Spider, thank you for Twitch Prime, man. That's awesome. Fifteen months in a row. That's amazing. Um, yeah. But anyway, there you go. That's Age of Empires Four. Um, I recommend buying it. I would buy this at full price if you don't have Game Pass. Um, that is the thing about Game Pass is you don't own it. So, like, Microsoft, you know, when they first sent me the code for Forza Horizon 5, I was like, do I need this anymore? Do I need mm-hmm. it? But I do. It's, like, yeah. because you don't own it. And yeah. I do now. They sent me a code for it, and I'll have it forever versus if my subscription, you know, lapses to Game Pass. I won't. So it does matter. Um, and for a game like this that you're probably going to play, because I bet you we don't get Age of Empires 5 for another 10 years or something. Yeah.
2: It might be worth buying. The expansion's coming. and it's up, yeah. They will
0: support it forever. For sure. Forever. Um, So this might be one that might be worth buying, even if you do have Game Pass. If you really like it and you really enjoy it, uh, so you can just own it forever and keep updating it with all the DLC and all the other stuff that comes along. Um, If Age of Empires two or three is any indication, there's a ton of post launch support coming for this. Absolutely.
2: And they want it to be an esports thing and everything, so I'm sure there's a lot there's a lot planned. I'm sure.
0: Yep. So there you go. That's Age of Empires four. It's time to move on. Next up, Vincent, who is in chat who has been playing Age of Empires 4, he's been a busy guy this week. He also played Mario Party Superstars, a game that I did not have time to play. And, Matt, I know you had no interest in playing. Oh, no. <laughs> so uh, we gave it to Vincent. Not even if you paid me, and you do. <laughs> so we, uh, we gave it to Vincent to give a whirl, um, and we talked offline and had a discussion about the game and his experiences with it, and now we're going to roll this report. Let's check it out. All right, here I am with contributor and curator to Sifted, Vincent Borchardt, who's going to share his impressions of Mario Party superstars. Now, there's, a, there's actually some value to that name, Vincent, because it is kind of an all-star collection of old Mario Party content, right?
3: Yeah, like all the mini games are repeats, all the boards are repeats. All of them? Yeah. So
0: there's no new content at all. I thought that there was some.
3: There's new ways to play what there, but it's the fundamentals are are the same as from the older games.
0: Interesting. I thought that there was <laughs> at least some new boards or some new mini games, but like that's not the case, huh? Nope. <laughs> how do you how do you feel about that? That seems. I mean, I, so far it's been getting pretty good reviews. It just came out on Friday, so the game's still pretty new, and there aren't a ton of reviews for it. But it's getting pretty good reviews. How do you feel about a game that's just collecting? old content um, being released you know in some cases from the n64 version like 20 years later do you think the gap in time makes it more digestible
3: it's interesting because on one hand the older boards are probably one of the weaker points because they're not that dynamic compared to like the gamecube era boards that's like right. that's the thing all all five boards are from the n64 games two are from one two are from two and one is from three
0: okay So before the series ended up evolving a little bit, but I think a lot of people would argue that the N64 games were better because of their simplicity. How do you feel about that?
3: Yeah, I think the minigames, they evolved a lot. I'd say probably the GameCube era is where it got formulaic, but Mm -hmm. they started to do more interesting things because they ran out of low-hanging fruit.
0: Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, But you still didn't answer my question. How do you feel about a game being released in 2021 that includes content from... 20 years ago, mostly.
3: I mean, a lot of the more recent Mario Party stuff hasn't been great. I mean, Super Mario Party was fine, but otherwise, like nine and 10 were awful. Almost nothing's pulled from those two games. Uh
0: huh. <laughs> so, how far does it go? Does it go into the GameCube era at all as far as pulling content?
3: The mini games cover all 10 of the mainline games. Oh, okay. So the, The focus is on the N64 and GameCube era. There's like a handful from the Wii and Wii U games.
0: Okay. Um, And what what are your favorites? Are they all the... Is it all the old stuff? And did you play all those games back when they came out? Because you were young then. Like, really young. (laughs) Yeah.
3: I've owned two through eight. I rented one, but never bought it. And I didn't bother with nine or ten. Okay. Um, How old were you when you played your first Mario Party? I mean, that would be like... When was that, like 98? So that would be like maybe eight, nine.
0: Eight or nine years old. Do you remember much about those old games?
3: Mm. Not too much. I remember having fun because my brother came over and played with him a bunch. So in in
0: some ways, it's it's kind of a new game for you. Yeah. And I'm Mm -hmm. guessing for most people, that's kind of the case. It's really... Only older players like Matt and I would be like, this is a rehash. To a lot of people, it might as well just be a new game, right?
3: Yeah, that's actually an interesting way, because, especially since the whole when the Wii and Wii U brought the more casual audience to the Nintendo platforms, they wouldn't have seen these.
0: Right, yeah. And um, it's an interesting kind of paradox between generations, I guess, is one way to look at it. Um, and I would agree with you. I feel like the earlier games were, I'll put it to you this way. I played the earlier games a lot more than the later games, and that's probably and I was an adult when I played the first Mario Party game, so it's not like I've went from being like a preteen to a teen to an adult, and my you know my tastes have changed or whatever. I've been an adult ever since this series has been available, and I still enjoy the older stuff better. It's more simple and easier to understand, and that's a big part of Mario Party, right? Because you're trying to get other people to play with you,
3: yeah at least in person though the key one of the biggest things about this entry is that it goes full into the online direction
0: okay how many people can play with you online
3: four at a time
0: four at a time so five total or four total four total okay got you
3: yeah still four player games just like everything else yeah
0: and how does it work is it easy to because for instance. Like the N64 stuff on Nintendo Switch Online, I'm not able to play that with just anybody. I have to play with, like, friends. How does the matchmaking work for this?
3: There's matchmaking just fine. So do we want to start with the board game parts or the sure. mini game parts? Yeah, board yes. games. Yeah, so board games, you can either play with random people or you can play with friends. I played a game with normal, with with random people, and, it's, and it performed pretty, mostly fine. There are some parts where there were noticeable stutters but and the think the annoying thing is I think it's using lockstep because like even during the board game section where you're just rolling the dice where there shouldn't need to be lag there is lag Hmm, <laughs> that's a
0: little strange yeah um, so you, you kind of split it out between board games and minigames what do you mean when you say that
3: so the other than playing the board games there's a whole bunch of different minigame options that they've added so like obviously you can just play any of the mini games that you want. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of different modes in there. There's a simple coin battle where you just compete and try to win the most coins over a set number of mini games.
0: Can you pick There's... the mini games that you have in the the selection or does it just automatically grab whatever?
3: I'm not sure. I know in the and when you're playing with random people, it just picks from everything. But there's actually different modes. There's a four-player one, there's a 2v2 two two one, and a 1v3 one, one.
0: But there's no kind of, like, a lot of shooters before each match they'll let you vote on a map. There's nothing like that in the game where the players um, can kind of When you go vote.
3: into the modes, they, like... I know in the survival mode, which is a different one where you're just trying to rack up a number of wins in a row, you, you pick... Like, the, the game selects three... Different mini games, and then you choose one of and then each person votes for it, and then it randomly picks from those. Okay. So, like if two people pick one and two people pick a, the second, they'll have like two and two of each. Gotcha. And then it'll randomly pick from those.
0: It sounds like there's a lot of content as far as modes and mini games in this.
3: Yeah, and that's not even getting to the part that that surprised me the most. There's a section in there with called sports and puzzles it has six longer form mini games that and they actually have like ranked matchmaking where you have a skill grade and you can just play that forever
0: what kind of games are they that, that they're longer there's three
3: of them that are sports so there's like one that's soccer one that's volleyball and i think one that's hockey then they're playing three... like
0: entire matches no though, right? they're
3: okay. like like they're longer form mini games like like three minutes maybe okay and then there's three puzzle games and that's where i spent a lot of my time surprisingly how, how do those work there's mario puzzle party from three which is a block dropping game mm-hmm. there's block star from six which is the one where you pick up and do blocks then there's the one i spent the most time with called stick and spin it's one where you're dropping balls onto a rotating circle it's just you match five to clear them and I got, I played a way too much of this game,
0: <laughs> like Mario, like the game in general, or just that specific, minute? that
3: specific game. Even. Okay. Like I got all the way up to like the max rank just wow. over the weekend.
0: <laughs> what
3: is it about it that hooked you into it? I think par- part of it's tied to my nostalgia because the game I probably played most isn't one of the main 10. It's actually Mario party DS, which oh. included all the puzzle games. You could just play them forever. And it's because it's handheld and you just pick up and play.
0: I had forgotten about that, that, that release, actually. Yeah. yeah. And that and just then, for whatever reason ended up being the one that you played the most back in the day. Yeah.
3: Part of it's stick and spin is just good. Part of it's I think that I'm just much better than most of the random people I've been playing. So I win every single time.
0: So that I might has convinced you of. to keep going because you're dominating? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> N- nothing wrong with that, man. I think, I think that's just human nature. I think that's how it goes. What is uh, your most unpleasant surprise that you found in the game so far?
3: I mean, the boards are still slow. Yeah. And they're like, I don't think they're balanced. Like, the boards aren't just straight copies from the original games. They've made a bunch of changes. Well, the like, graphics for example,
0: have been vast, vastly improved. Yeah, haven't. the graphics yeah. are
3: nice. And they, and they move into the history part. Like, when you start each map, normally, you'll get a... They'll like show you screenshots of what it used to look like back when they first went to be the superstar on that map
1: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> and then but like they've changed things, so like the Mario Party One maps have items now, and the Mario Party Two maps have you doing multiple items. The items are ones I don't like as much because they're basically using the same items from Super Mario Party, which are a lot more bland, yeah, like instead of a mushroom for the two dice you get you use just double dice and then it's everything is so the other problem is that the economy isn't that well because there are a ton of coins and everything like some of it's that like on mario party one maps you've like originally would lose coins on some of the mini games you lost yeah and that doesn't happen anymore but the other thing is that a lot of the normal blue spaces which normally just got you three coins are now lucky spaces which like you roll a roulette that can give you like a bunch of coins or an item or all kinds of different things. It just means that everyone has a ton of coins and you don't actually manage them anymore. What do you end up doing with the coins when it's all said and done? You use them to buy the stars, which are basically how you decide who wins whoever has the most stars and then who has the most coins.
0: And so you're just saying the coins in each discrete game are kind of unbalanced. You're not saying like,
3: yeah, I mean, everyone has a bunch of them. So it doesn't matter as much it, if you win every single mini game like even okay. the mini games like second place will get some coins in a normal four player game and then third place will even get a couple everyone it wins it takes
0: some of the tension out of the out of playing the mini games is what you're saying yeah gotcha and that was that's important to mario party i can remember back when i was really into it like that stuff would affect how i played and sometimes i would make mistakes because the pressure was on um so it's interesting that they tweak that, but not all that surprising considering kind of how society has shifted since uh, the 90s where um, people expect to be rewarded for almost everything they do. Even if they're not the ultimate winner, they want to get some kind of a reward for any effort that they expend. So I can see why they did it that way, but I can also see your perspective of that. It kind of throws things out of whack and, do- and uh, takes away some of the fun from the game. Um, how much is this game? Is it a full price switch release
3: yeah i think it's 60.
0: do you feel okay with that price and first of all would you recommend that people buy it at all
3: i mean it's a good game if you like mario party you like this type of style game but the problem is i'd want to have friends if i wanted to play it yeah like so it doesn't
0: you mean like in person friends
3: or even online just to play
0: why? Because the random, I mean, people can't really communicate anyway online on Nintendo online. Yeah, so, you
3: have stickers you can use to just spam and like say, like, uh-huh. yeah, or whatever. But yeah, you, you don't have
0: actual like voice chat unless you use the app, which nobody does. I'm not even Nintendo sure online. that
3: works in, with random people. But and, yeah.
0: And so, what is the advantage of having like friends you know playing against them online versus randoms?
3: Presumably, you could talk to them on. Other services. Oh,
0: got you. Yeah. So yeah. hook up with them on like Discord or something like that, and play that way. Yeah, yeah. I Best can I, I can see where you know the it being impersonal would take a lot away from the Mario Party experience because um, that's what a lot of it was about, and it's about couch play more than even playing online. Like having people next to you, being able to kind of bump them while you're going through mini games and stuff. That physical interaction made a difference uh, for Mario Party back in the day. Um, So I can understand that. And right now, you know, with COVID and everything, it's kind of hard to get people together still. Um, So that is, I could see it would be a detriment to to this. But would you still recommend that people buy it considering, you know, the the state that we're in right now where people still can't really get together in person as much?
3: And that's the problem with Nintendo games. They'll probably never drop in price. Right. Yeah. So
0: do you recommend people buy it right now?
3: I might wait until you actually have people getting together again, whenever that is.
0: And not to say that the price is going to go down then, but (laughs) maybe you can just prioritize because, you know, Q4 is here and a lot of people have to make tough decisions with their money right now, whether they're buying stuff for themselves, or they're getting ready to buy gifts for family or friends or a significant other here in the next six weeks or so. Um, So people do have to be smart with their money. So maybe you're recommending hold off and then maybe buy the game with the gift cards that you get for the holidays
3: (laughs) That, that seems, sounds like a good idea.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite moment playing Mario Party Superstars? Was it an old mini game that you'd forgotten about or what was Like
3: it? I just getting reattached to stick and spin and like when I realized that they had that in there, I, like part of the thing is like along with the versus mode I mentioned, there's also just a single player mode that like if you want to go all the way up to level 99 in that it just takes forever.
0: And that's no fun. Playing Mario Party by yourself is no fun at all. I mean, it's like a
3: puzzle game. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it it kind of is, I guess. Yeah. uh, um, Okay. Well, Vincent, thank you for playing Mario Party Superstars, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah. Talk later. Winner. All right. A big thanks to Vincent for jumping on that grenade. (laughs) Mm Because... After talking to him about the game, I was like, yeah, I feel like I've played all this. And as we were talking about while the segment was running, like the good old days of Mario Party weren't really the good old days. Yeah, they were way a while ago. Yeah, and they were a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, if you think back to the early Mario Party games, and I had forgotten about this until you brought it up, but like the rubber banding mm-hmm. in the game was so bad. Like You could be playing with somebody who failed almost every minigame, was terrible at actually playing the minigames, And they would just get hooked up and, like, sometimes win.
2: Yeah. Like, that was why it didn't last too long with my group. Like, you know, it it has a similar blue shell philosophy as Mm -hmm. Mario Kart. But, like, a Mario Kart race is over in, like, four minutes. Uh, Mario Mario Party, you know, that's a lot longer. Yep. And at the end of a much longer game, people were much less tolerant of sort of, you know, being randomly handed a loss because the game decided to give someone else a boost Mm -hmm. uh, at random. And uh, it just didn't last very long. And, uh, you know compound that with the fact that we were destroying our n64 controllers in the process yeah and it just didn't last it, it you know maybe a month of on and off play and then we went back to you know the, the old standards yeah i saw someone in
0: chat say that uh, i gave that game to vincent because i didn't want to destroy the analog sticks on, on my joy <laughs> on <laughs> which I hadn't thought no, about it. I mean, it, they, don't re- <laughs> they don't really
2: make you do that stuff too Yeah, you don't much do, anymore, like, the palm, yeah. like,
0: spin anymore like you used to back in the old days. Yeah, like, Nintendo learned that, that I was mean, it legitimately ground and 64 oh, you could, you could analog shake sticks. dust out of dust. it after... You could turn it over yeah. and you have a little pile of dust on your palm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, those days are gone, but they've really run out of steam with the modern Mario parties. Like, I'm not surprised that they ended up having to, like, Release a game that just collects all that stuff into a greatest hits or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I would say though, probably based upon our the, the discussion I had with Vincent, like it probably is the best Mario Party to buy. If if you have if to, if you do have that, to buy yeah. one or you want to buy one desperately, it probably is the best just, one. Just
2: get an actual board game and play it with your kids. Yeah, like, that's yeah, something that's a little less randomized. Like right. that's the thing. Is like yeah. Like that's the one of the things that I learned the most was the most interesting when I got into like modern like kind of you know high end board game stuff is like they, people look down on dice like it's you know it's, it's uh, there's like warnings on things and reviews of things for like, oh there's dice in this it's randomness like if you don't if you don't like that like get ready because they're well, like, not all skill based yeah because they want they want more uh, you know the trend now is more like card driven like building a deck of things and being able to kind of. Have a little more through, control right? over it. A lot of the cards way. do more than one thing, like mm-hmm. I, you know, so you're never quite screwed, right? Um, so yeah, The one of the big one, what was one of the big ones? I said, oh, the Hero Quest. Hero Quest. I don't know if you remember that game. That was an old old Vaguely. game. Vaguely. Came out like the '80s, but they just did a new HasLab. It was a crowd crowdfunding thing from Hasbro. They did a new one. It just mine arrived yesterday. I didn't expect it to, but it showed up. And uh, one of the things I saw people complaining about that maybe got it because they were younger and didn't know what it was, but people were complaining it was like, "Oh, I didn't realize you had to roll dice to move yeah. in this game." That's a big no-no now. It's like rolling dice to move, um, which obviously you do in Mario Mario Party yeah. as well. Um, it's I just, mean, rolling
0: dice if they if they dice and that's a random element, they're not going to like it in anything. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, like rolling dice to move in particular is frowned on now. Interesting. Um, I can't say I disagree with that. Yeah, it yeah. makes sense. It's easier to strategize something if you know your character can move this many spaces yeah. every time, and you can do something else to maybe power them up and let them move a little further. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's more interesting choices to be made if you remove more randomness, but that means more game design.
0: So. Not good news for the popularity of Dungeons and Dragons.
2: Uh, well, you can modify that. Can they play D&D without dice now? You can pl- you play with dice, but like, there's a lot of ways to mitigate it and there's a lot of ways to tweak your character to give you bonuses and you know, proficiency stuff. like. Um, very rarely are you going to deliver die on a single throw at this yeah. point. Um, the old days, yeah. The, yeah. the big problem with – I mean, the only real disappointment in dice with uh, D&D these days is damage. Like, sometimes you'll hit something and then your damage is just shit yep. and you've wasted yeah. that turn a little yeah. bit. So yep. it's like, oh, I'm going to use my use my spell. It's like, oh, one damage. <laughs> but I'll like, say like, this.
0: It seems to me that Dungeons & Dragons is bigger now than it's ever oh, been. Oh, absolutely is Bigger than ever. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I remember back when I was a kid, we'd get, like, the little books, like, the campaigns mm-hmm. or whatever. And, like, we would just look at the art because it's all about your imagination, mm-hmm. D&D. You have to conjure everything in your mind because we didn't even have, like, the little figurines or anything. And so you would look at, like, the drawings and the stuff, like, of the enemies that you would face. And, like, it, it was just a different time because mm-hmm. you didn't have the Internet to go and look at, like – Here's this crazy moth boss that you're going to fight yeah. and here's 80,000 renditions from all the D&D fans. You can find that stuff online now. Back then, all you had was that ink drawing that they had of the boss there yeah, and,
2: well you could do like miniatures and stuff like yeah but like that was for, that was because that was more for the people that came out of the wargaming side cuz yeah. like, where D&D came from was people were basically playing a, with, with the equivalent of what Warhammer was mm. back then, what yeah. would become Warhammer. Yeah. And actually the, the HeroQuest was interesting because it had very detailed miniatures for the time, and it was Games Workshop. That was where Games Workshop kind of started. Out to some degree, was making those miniatures, and mm-hmm. then they branched out in Warhammer. And actually, that's why some stuff is different in the new one because the there were there were Chaos Warriors and stuff in the old one from like 1989. They're literally Chaos like. Space Marines, basically. Like, they're the same design, like the, huh. the, the, the war and the, the helmet type yeah. and all that. And so they still use that in the Warhammer games. So, like, you can't, they couldn't use the Chaos stuff for the new Hero Quest. So, they're different. They're called Death Warriors or uh-huh. whatever now. And they have slightly different designs. But, like, that's where a lot of that started. Interesting. Like, it's, uh, it's everyone's, everyone knows everyone. Everything's a small world in these, in these circles.
0: Only on Game Face. Will a discussion about Mario Party spin out into a discussion about Dungeons and & Dragons and using dice?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay. the ra- I mean, the randomness of Mario Party is is an ongoing issue, I it think. Is. yeah. And some of that's fun. You're, like, for younger kids, I think it gives everybody a chance. Yeah, yeah. Um, they,
0: they get a participation trophy. But trope. there's
2: moments where you're just like, oh, come on. <laughs> like,
0: <is> it- <laughs> yep. Uh, so there you go. That is Mario Party Superstars, available now for Switch. I think it just came out on Friday. Um, So it hasn't been out there that long. Um, But again, I think if you're looking for a new Mario Party, and I'm not going to judge why you would be Mm. or why you wouldn't be, but if you are looking for one, I do think it's probably the best bet uh, to buy in 2021. And thanks again to Vincent for uh, playing it for us and delivering a great report. Um, All right, let's move on. It's time to talk next about Call of Duty. And you may be thinking, well, Shane, isn't Call of Duty Vanguard coming out soon? So you're going to talk about Call of Duty Vanguard, right? No, we're not because they won't send me review code of that, which has hmm. made me really nervous. but coupled with that, we got the first new info the first real, I think information about the next call of duty for next year, which is modern Warfare 2 2022. Matt, how do you feel two, two, about two, these two. games? That just, I mean, especially with the Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare, Call of Duty Four, Modern Warfare, Call of mm-hmm. Duty Modern Warfare. They're not; they can't even do that with this one mm-hmm. because the first one was called Call of Duty Four Modern Warfare, so they could just take the four off and it still had kind of a slightly different, a unique title. Here, they're not doing that. They can't. It's literally just being called Modern Warfare Two again,
2: mm-hmm. which is not even Modern Warfare Two Point
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> like
2: I. It seems so bizarre to me. It's not bizarre, it's cowardly. It, it's it's just like, oh you know, recognition. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's all. They it's can't really weird. They're afraid to come up with something new. They're afraid to debuck the system. They they don't you know they they're afraid to do something that people don't recognize.
0: They're afraid they'll sell less than twenty million copies of yeah. the game.
2: Like you think you think Hollywood's scared of green light, something they've never heard of. Like Activision is ten times worse it at is this worse. point.
0: Yep. Um, well VGC, and we always like to give credit to publications who break stories. VGC has a ton of information on Modern Warfare 2 2. <laughs> <laughs> Modern Warfare 2 again. <laughs> 2 again. Um, it is being made by Infinity Ward. I know that'll make some people happy. Uh, I do feel like Infinity Ward has rehabbed its reputation from Call of Duty Ghosts.
2: Yeah. I mean, certainly helped with me with Infinite Warfare. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: um, which I wondered if that was ever going to be the case. Because Ghost was really that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and really, it turned a lot of people off to the Call of Duty franchise for quite a while. Yeah, it was the
2: first real stumble.
0: Yeah. But mo- the last Modern Warfare remake was really good, and it did very, very well. Um, and so mm. I am excited for this, even though it is
2: also kind
0: of a rehash. Did they already the
2: remake two in the way they remade one? Yeah, you know, remastered. like remastered. Yeah, yeah. They did that already?
0: Yes, yeah, so that's available. Yep. But this is a brand new game that still uses elements from Modern Warfare 2. Um The big kind of news is it has a morality system (laughs) with moral choices to make. Um, It is set in Colombia, and you're a part of U.S. Special Forces fighting against Colombian drug cartels. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it's Narcos, Mm -hmm. the first-person
2: shooter. How do you feel about that? Um I would argue that the war on drugs is maybe an outdated thing for something called modern warfare. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Touche. Is it the war on drugs? I mean, look, did you like Narcos
2: on Netflix? Yeah, I I guess. Not enough that I want to play a game about it. Like, I thought the
0: first season of Narcos was amazing. Second season, okay. And then the third season, I just completely checked out.
2: I'm just saying they're getting into very interesting territory if they're going to add morality to this because if you're going to, like, delve into the morality of kind of that aspect of things, you kind of need to get into foreign policy, which I feel like Call of Duty is not going to do. And I don't want it to. No, it's, it's, <laughs> I really it's probably don't shouldn't. not Call
0: of Duty, like,
2: signing treaties and crap. Like,
0: <laughs> no, no thanks. Or but, signing- like, there's
2: a point at which you have to start asking the question of why these people are here doing what they're doing. And that has nothing to do with morality. It has everything to do with politics. Yeah, and money. So, and money. Yeah. Well, Potato, potato most of the time.
0: Well, they, they, they're comparing it to movies like No Country for Old Men. It's supposed to be – Okay, slow your, slow your
2: roll there, boys. I, I agree because – Let's not go straight to the best movie of 2006, shall yeah, we?
0: And maybe even beyond that. I've, uh, it's one of the best movies of the decade. It's a really great yeah. film. Um, but they're saying the tone is sort of that. Okay. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's what they're throwing yeah. around anyway.
2: Nothing like a Call of Duty done by the Coens, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's a thing that's going to happen.
0: Translation is going to be really gory, and they're yeah. going to make you make decisions that where you don't want to pick yeah. either There's option. It's going to be like really edgy <laughs> stuff
2: in it, and, yeah. and anyone who doesn't like it is going to be like, oh, you just need to toughen up because that's what the world's like. It's like, okay, guys. Yeah. It's
0: supposed to be unflinching, really violent, really gory, put you in awkward positions where you don't want to really choose either one of the options that they give you, that type of thing. Um, which i think maybe could be good for the franchise if it's handled decently
2: sort of it just it feels like weirdly small scale for um call of duty like yeah. call of duty right. call of duty has definitely dealt with sort of the epic world shaking things and maybe it just starts as a narcos thing and gets bigger from could there be. Yeah. but like that is not really what i you know modern warfare has usually sort of even especially the modern warfare games have like really dealt with sort of the global scale and like jumped around the the world and and you know kind of big conspiracy almost super villain style conspiracies and stuff uh this feels i I know you're trying to rip from the headlines here but it feels a little uh, i think uh, maybe
0: to activision it believes that it's not about that as much as it's just about the characters task force 141 i guess but i could understand that perspective but i think they are misreading fans a little bit
2: yeah i I think it's more about the spectacle than the... than the. I, I can't think of an, a, a single character in the, modern, the, the Call of Duty stuff outside of Price and Soap, really, mm-hmm. and Ghost, I Ghost, guess. Yeah. And, but, like, I, are those guys even still in these games? They are, I yeah. I, I, don't, I don't... Well, the ones that aren't dead. that they right. killed off. Yeah. Or maybe they're back now that they're just starting over. I don't know.
0: <laughs> How does that work? You're right, though. Are they like... Are they going to roll back the clock, and is it set in like – they didn't say what era it is, if it's like modern times or the 60s. Well, one would hope
2: it's modern because <laughs> it's called Modern Warfare. Right. Like, yeah. What, what does that even mean anymore? I don't know. I don't think it does mean anything. I think it's just a brand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'd be my guess. Because you're afraid to name it something. That people, you know, You're never going to – at this point, it feels like you're never going to see another Call of Duty named anything other than Modern Warfare or Black Ops. Yep. Uh, some
0: other things that, uh, again, VGC have, has revealed – there's weapon jamming? How do you oh, feel about joy.
2: that? Joy. <laughs> <Like, laughs> that's what I want. And more more annoying things. That
0: better they better not put that in multiplayer. People will lose their oh, minds. That, you want to talk about introducing random. <laughs> oh my no, God. no. It would drive me crazy. I'd be really angry if that uh, were the case. Although
2: I would kind of like just just for the beta. Just for the beta. <laughs> throw that in. And to unjam it, you gotta do a QTE. <laughs> right. Yeah. Up, up, down, down, left, uh, yeah, right, left, like right, B A start. Yeah, you can do yeah. the Konami code to just, unjam just, your gun. Just for like the first couple hours. Let's just, <laughs> just to see. I just want to see the meltdowns.
0: Just to get like the reaction yeah. videos up on YouTube to see them. Um, yeah, there's uh, weapon jamming. They've revamped the AI. I don't know if that means right. that they've revamped enemy AI and they're going to be smarter. I don't know. I don't know if it's your cooperative AI because there's always teammates that are playing alongside you in these games. I don't know. Um, more close quarters combat. Which could lend into the game being grittier, mm-hmm. et cetera.
2: Um, You've got to look that... Knife kills. And non-existent like digital man in the eye before you <laughs> stab him <laughs> to death now. That's funny.
0: Um, the vehicles have cha- are going to be changed. Instead of like tanks and jeeps and huge vehicles, they're going to replace, be replaced with smaller, more appropriate vehicles for the setting. Um, there's a third mode. That's, going, that's being described as a mix of PvP and PvE, similar to Battlefield 2042's uh, new upcoming mode called Hazard Zone, where you battle against cartel AI with friends as they attempt to complete objective-based missions within the same Modern Warfare 2 Warzone map. Crazy. Hmm. It's hard to even really comprehend what they're talking about there. Um, it sounds like a mutation of Spec Ops in some ways.
2: Yeah. Um, but, like, mixed with the Battle Royale mode? Yeah. All right. Did you like Spec Ops? Yeah, but back in the day, yeah. Yeah, they were Ab- Abby, and I, Abby and I used to play those, like, to death. Like They reminded would... me of GoldenEye in a yeah. lot of
0: ways. Like, if you yeah. try to play GoldenEye and, like, get, like, the times that they would give you as, like, target times to complete the missions, a lot of Spec Ops stuff felt like that. Like, mastering enemy placement, the right time to switch weapons, what weapons to use, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it sounds interesting, at least. Um, and then there's going to be a brand new Warzone map. map I didn't even realize because I never play Warzone. But I didn't even realize that every time they release a new Warzone map, the old one goes away. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: That's, I didn't know that. Huh, I didn't know that, no. Yeah. So they
0: ditch the map that they were using before. So the new game just is a release, Verdansk or whatever it is. Huh. And when it goes away, when the new one launches, that old map goes away. They said that they learned... Um, to do that from watching PUBG because when PUBG launched a new map and kept both of the maps, both maps dwindled. Hmm. They didn't have enough players to really get the matches going as quickly as they wanted to so Activision wants to keep all the player pool in one place and so when a new map comes out, the old one just disappears which is crazy and they're saying that the new Warzone map for Modern Warfare 2 stitches together maps from old Modern Warfare 2 multiplayer modes which Hmm. is interesting um, that they'd handle it that way. And there will be uh, also for the multiplayer, they're going to be remastering maps, weapons, and more from the original Modern Warfare 2, which fine. I thought the multiplayer maps in Modern Warfare 2 were great and still are great. So I'm totally cool with that. That's pretty much it. That's all the details we have right now. Um, The footage you've been seeing, by the way, is not from next year's game. This is from the original Modern Warfare 2. I'm guessing most of you guys have figured that out, but just wanted to state it. And this is actually the remastered version of it as well Mm -hmm. that we've been checking out. So, Matt, I always ask you this when we talk about Call of Duty in general. I'm going to ask you again for this.
2: Does any of this convince you to play it? No. No.
0: Did you like Modern Warfare 2? Yeah. You were still playing shooters when that came
1: out.
2: I liked uh, uh, Modern Warfare 1 and 2 very much. Yeah, Um, They're both good. And uh, didn't like 3 at all. Um, it became clear that what I really liked was how those guys, the founders of Infinity Ward, who then became Respawn, make games. Yeah. Because um, I then liked Titanfall 2 a lot. Right. And I like, yeah. uh, you know, Fallen, Fallen Jedi, Fallen Order. Yeah. Like, I like how they do stuff. I liked uh, Allied Assault before all that. Uh-huh. I like Call of Duty 2. I remember, you know, I was kind of done with War- World War Two games. When uh, I was sent to review Call of Duty 2 for the launch of the Xbox 360, I had to go over to the, their office and play. And I remember driving up to the, the Infinity Ward office, thinking like, Oh, I got to spend all day playing a World War 2 shooter. I don't, <laughs> don't want to do this." But I, you know, no one else was available. Like uh-huh. we were spread pretty thin trying to get all the stuff ready for that live like you know launch of the 360 and that hangar and all yeah. this. Yeah. So I went up and I remember sitting down and playing it. And after like 10 minutes, I'm like, "What the fuck!" Like it was it was it blew me out the back of the fucking room. Like I was yeah. not ready for it. Uh-huh. And like. I remember going to, like, we had lunch like halfway. You know, I was like halfway through the game at this point, and I was just sitting there, like, sort of trying to absorb it. I was just like, "What?" And and they were like very nervous. You know, the Infinity War guys were like, "Like, what do you think?" Is it I'm like, it's "Fucking crazy!" <laughs> I, I was, I was like, I was like, I feel, I felt like a little assaulted by it. It was, it was yeah. so loud and so big and so, you know. And I was, I was like, it's really, co- it was really good in a way that I didn't expect a World War II shooter to be at this point. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, it just. It was, it was very uh, absorbing. In, in I, I agree with you. Those guys, those are OG, Infinity yeah, Board guys. Absolutely. And they were very and really good the, at what they did. And do. then, of course, and then I came back and did the same thing with Modern Warfare a couple years, a few years later. And that time, they did not ask me what I thought. They were just <laughs> like, pretty great, huh? Like, they knew. They knew they had that. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I came back from Modern Warfare. Uh, what was it? No, I came back. From, you know, that one was the one that was labeled uh, COD3.exe. Oh, uh, right. They never agreed with giving given the three to that Treyarch game in between yep. two and I two. Don't blame two and Modern Warfare. That was no. their franchise. It was their franchise, yeah. and that, that game was terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, and I loved uh, Modern Warfare 2 as well, and then all those guys left and formed Respawn, and uh, the people who were left did their best with Modern Warfare 3, but it did not work for me.
0: So. Yeah. I remember Keely and I, maybe were the two first people to look at Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare Mm -hmm. because he was working on some exclusive something or other for the TV show and he's like well they want to bring in Webb on this you should come with me to the meeting and they took us into a private theater Mm -hmm. in the bottom of Activision Central and they showed it to us and I'll never forget both of our faces after we saw that for the first time like just literally our jaws dropped it was so beyond anything that we had seen at that point yeah, and I knew that like I really yeah, miss those moments in our industry. I don't yeah. feel like they happen. They don't happen much, much
2: anymore. anymore. They, and I, I remember they even I think when I was there for Call of Duty two they were like we wanted to do something more modern, but they but Activision wanted uh, yeah World War two mm-hmm. and so like basically Call of Duty two did so well that they got to do what they wanted. They made modern warfare, and then Activision pretended they wanted to do modern warfare all along. Yeah, um, which is I think one of the reasons they were sick of the. You know, it's one of the reasons they left because mm-hmm. you know it was the same hypocrisy. They went right back to the company they <laughs> left in the first place. It's a weird, yeah. it's a weird, it's a weird industry, I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah, like that was. I still, I remember uh, the you know the the, the ghillie suit thing at e three at, at, at Microsoft e three e three conference where like. Um, you know they uh, that was the, the one at the Santa Monica High School i think it was the big open arena yeah. and you know you saw them you know there was a the dialogue at the beginning in the grass and then they stood up and i don't you couldn't hear it really on the on the audio when you watched it back but i was in the you know we were in the stadium yep. and you heard the whole audience go <gasps> like it, like it was just like the gasps of the crowd that yeah. they had no idea those guys were st- sitting there and, he, and it was like it's digital it should have been obvious like the idea that you couldn't tell the character from the background was very unusual for yeah. that time like yeah. that was a that was a big accomplishment for the time yeah there were lots of paradigms yeah. that that franchise used to hate. Yeah, because it used to be so uh, – an animated character used to be very distinct from the background. They were. It always no matter, stick out. No matter what you would try, it was yeah. impossible to – and they pulled it up. There would always be like an edge or some lighting yeah. issue or a piece like of – It didn't quite blend right or, or something like, grass, like that. A piece of grass, tipped it. it off. And now yeah. it probably looks like shit, right? To, <laughs> to us. To, to yeah. now today. Yeah, like yeah. You go back and look at that, But that was, what, 13 years ago, 12 years yeah. ago? Wow. Time flies. Yep. Anyway. someone I saw a thing today that was like – Someone was complaining on Twitter about, um, like, I miss the classic Disney movies and posted a screenshot of Tangled, which came out in 2011. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, just come on, you know? And uh, I mean, if you want further proof that there's no such thing as things were better in the day, they're just what, you, what was good when you were 12. Like, right. there you go. Because yeah. um, to me, uh, and I posted in one of my other groups of equally old people, and, uh, and someone was like, to me, new Disney is anything after The Little Mermaid. Right. Yeah. Which was eighty nine. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, and some someone's like, Yeah, but to, to a ten year old, like that's an ancient movie. Oh, yeah. I'm like, Yeah, well, because to a ten year old the Little Mermaid is as old as Peter Pan is to me. Right. Yeah. So it's bizarre to think about. Behold the ravages of time.
0: The other thing to consider in this is that we're talking about next year's Call of Duty when Vanguard is right around the corner. There's just so little excitement or hype for this year's
2: call of duty yeah i think it's in real danger of i think i would say the same about battlefield
0: a little bit I'll maybe be... not
2: on the same level but like those, I'll say the this. billboards for battlefield went up around town this week and i keep seeing them and be like oh yeah that like i yeah i am so i mean part of that's just me because i don't play the shooters as much anymore mm-hmm. but i don't even hear people i know who love shooters talking about call of duty this year
0: I, they're not and i will say this i am more excited for battlefield than i am call of duty I mean, I've always Having played been... betas for both, mm-hmm. I am more excited for Battlefield 2042. I mean, I've
2: generally always preferred Battlefield, uh, especially in the post-Modern Warfare 2 era. Um, I've bounced back and forth for me. It depends sometimes, yeah. but, like, at least if you're going to make me... Play, if I, it, it, certainly through the last 10 years, if you're going to make me play multiplayer in one of them, I'm usually going to pick Battlefield. Yeah. Just because I like the scope of it.
0: Yep. But there's just no hype around Vanguard at all. No. I just... And they're well, I keep forgetting up.
2: that that's the name of it.
0: Yeah. They're ramping up marketing, they're putting out a new trailer like every day right now, but people just don't care. There's no it has no hook. Like I can't tell you if someone is to ask me, Shane, what's the big deal about Call of Duty Vanguard? I can't
2: I don't know. What what what's the they, hook? What's different? I yeah. don't know. It's just it's Call of Duty. It's, it's more maps. It's, it's the new it's, Call of Duty. Yeah. That's it.
0: That I mean really. The other thing I would say too is that
2: these battlefields got the weather and the Right. Battlefield know, feels grappling hooks. And more next stuff, gen really. to me. It
0: looks more next gen. Yeah, it, it does. It looks like a game that I spent five hundred and fifty dollars for a console to play.
2: Yeah, and, and it's—I mean, part of that's just because of what you know, Battlefield has always had—the scale and the scope mm-hmm. that Call of Duty kind of lacked in a lot of yeah. ways. And this, you know, Battlefield is really taking advantage of next-gen stuff on this. The weather system is really, you know, something we haven't, you know. I don't know if the weather system is going to be all that important in the long run or or change anything in any appreciable degree that make you play any longer. But it certainly demos well, Yeah. you know, yeah. in a way that Vanguard doesn't really have. I mean, I, I can't remember anything I've seen There's from no Vanguard.
0: Hook? It has no hook. And I don't know if that's why I've got review does code it, of it yet.
1: But.
2: Does it even have a grappling hook? <laughs> I don't think it literally have no hook? It literally does not have
0: a grappling Mm-mm. hook. Yep. It's in trouble. <laughs> anyway, just interesting. Both of those shooters coming out here in the very near future, and um, it does seem to me like Battlefield is trending a little hotter. I don't think it will outsell Call of Duty because it no. just won't, but I do think it has a chance to nip its heels a little bit maybe.
2: Yeah, and I wonder – I you know, clearly Rockstar waited uh, real late to announce their – you know, the the collection – the trilogy release state and definitive, like blah, blah, part blah. of me part of me wonders if they're trolling Call of Duty a little bit maybe by picking picking that week it could be because there's a non-zero chance that that thing does Outsells better sells
0: it yeah I brought that up with Pactor he didn't think so
2: that
0: mm-hmm. um, was off camera though so it's not in any of the episodes but I mean
2: I I don't I wouldn't really bet on that but also like I'm also not dumb enough to bet against Rockstar at this point
0: yeah I mean if you see what Grand Theft Auto Five has done yeah. for the last decade. It's hard to bet against them. So, anyway, that's the latest update on Call of Duty for next year. I wish I had an update on the Call of Duty that comes out in, like, a week, but Uh still waiting on code for that. Uh, And as soon as we have it, it'll probably be in next week's episode, I'm assuming. Um, I've been pestering PR about it, and they have, like, stopped replying to my emails. So I don't know what's going on. We'll see. Uh, But, anyway, it's time to move on to the last topic of episode 277. And this week, we saved a really, I think, a really good game for last. And I would also say that this is yet another pleasant surprise for 2021. Uh, Throw it on the pile with It Takes Two, Returnal, um, Deathloop. There's been like five pleasant surprise games this year. uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, to me, was a pleasant surprise. Way better than I thought it was going to be. This is another one, and it's called Writer's Republic. It is the sequel to Ubisoft's, I guess you would call it an extreme sports game, um, Steep, which came out, I it's just hard to believe, 2016, Steep came out. I didn't think it was that old, yeah. but it is. It's like five years old. So they've worked on this for, like, they did a ton of DLC for Steep, which is crazy because it didn't sell very well. Uh-huh. But they supported it. they stuck it. with it. They really yeah. did. And they, the crazy part is they did ultimately turn Steep into something pretty impressive. And you can see that in Riders Republic. It is an open world, do whatever you want, go wherever you want, use whatever you want, extreme sports game. And my expectations for this were very, very low. I, I had played steep, and look, I am, I don't do it so much anymore, but I did skate for like 11 years, I did snowboard for a long time, um, I have knee surgery in like three weeks, by the way, and hopefully oh, yeah. I can get back to some of that stuff here soon in my life, which would be great. But, um,
2: Hopefully but you're walking well enough to get on a plane.
0: Yeah, I'm a little nervous about that. But I have like rehab it's out it's out of outpatient. So I'm not going to like stay overnight in the hospital or anything. So that should it should help. But anyway, I would like to get back to some of this, but this game is a nice facsimile um, until I'm at a point where I can do it. And it is a multidisciplined extreme sports game and usually that is a death knell for any game where they try to mm-hmm. do like everything in one. Not in this game. They nailed... Ubisoft's fallen victim to that themselves. It times. has, in fact. Yes. Not with this game. This game, every element is handled well. Now, some of them just aren't as fun as others. Like, So there's skiing. There's snowboarding. There's bikes. There's wingsuits. And there's rocket suits. And you also get a snowmobile that you can just use to get around the open world more quickly. And the wingsuits and the rocket suits... Definitely the weakest part of the game. Um it's like playing Superman 64, Matt. I'm not I'm not kidding. The rings. You are flying through rings. That's all you do. And the controls feel a little off and a little goofy, but everything else the skiing, the snowboarding, the biking. The biking is awesome, dude. Do you ever watch on YouTube? The crazy downhill mountain biking videos where they just strap a GoPro on the front yeah, handlebars. I've seen those, yeah. Like, I'll go down that rabbit hole every once in a while. There's, like, this huge race that happens in, I think, like, Switzerland where they just start at the top of a mountain that's covered in snow and then ride all the way to the bottom of it. And it, the, just doing that takes,
2: like, 40 minutes. The fact that everyone is still upright at this point is very <laughs> difficult to believe.
0: Yeah. Well, as you can see, I have veered off course there, and there's a rewind function. You can hit R1 and rewind. Um, and if you have to do that, you pretty much are, have no chance of winning the race at that point. But, Matt, the sense of speed in the bike racing and the, the shaking of the camera, the feedback in the controller. And I am playing this on PS5, which, you know, the haptic feedback on that is miles better than what you're getting on Xbox. Just the truth. It, you literally are gripping the controller like you're gripping the handlebars on a bike. I, just, I don't even know how they did it, how they replicated the sense of speed. The feeling of just being completely on the edge of losing control—it's—they've nailed
2: it. And like I've—have you ever played a bike racing game before, Matt? Yeah, like um, bicycles. Bicycles? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess I've done things where bike races were in them. Uh, Trials Fusion probably doesn't count. No, um, Is there bikes in Trials Fusion? No, nah, it's motorcycles. Yeah, uh, there were bike races in the San Andreas. I guess that's true. Yeah. Um, but nothing like this certainly right? nothing this extensive that I can think of no yeah and they just freaking nail it I'm sure it. there were like weird bike games in like the early 2000s when everything action sports had had that had games coming out I mean if there was a if there was a wakeboarding game there had to have been a biking <laughs> game like, B, I, oh, I, like BM triple X BM triple X BMX yeah yeah there were a few of those
0: well there was BMX games for sure tons of them the Dave Mira games may he rest in peace that's a sad story um, but they nail it. It's, like, my favorite part of the game. Like, I like it more than the snowboarding, mm. more than the skiing, more than anything.
2: <laughs> Descenders, I forgot Descenders, that. yeah, that's yeah. not
0: even that old. That's pretty recently, but I didn't play it. Um, I just remember curating content for it on Sifted There's or like whatever. There's,
2: like, pro cycling manager games. There's, like, the Tour de France uh, games. Yeah, Tour de France, uh, Free Rider, Freestyle, Dave Mira, Freestyle BMX. That's um, pretty much most it. Most of it's BMX have, uh, and, like, weird... Like Tour de France stuff, downhill domination. Yeah, a lot of BMX, but like not mm-hmm. like nor gravity games, street vert, dirt, <laughs> um, yeah. no fear, downhill mountain biking, three extreme, paper boy. I guess that counts. Yeah, sure. and let's not forget Zwift. Mm, I did forget Zwift. <laughs> now you will or. forget it again. I will. <laughs>
0: uh, so actually, coming kind of bringing it back full circle to what I we was talking about earlier with Forza Horizon Five. This game has the same awful bromy setup. <laughs> it's and I, again, like ex- this is one thing I will say. A lot of the stereotypes are true. Like a lot of the people who are in extreme sports, like skateboarding and snowboarding, they do actually act like the people in these games, and they do talk like the people in these games. But it feels like whoever wrote the script just chugged like a two liter of Mountain Dew and just started writing. Like that's the best way I could mm-hmm. describe it. You're like the young upstart on the mountain. You meet this girl who's like, hey, you got some moves. I know this dude who likes people with moves. Let me introduce you to him. And then she introduces you to him. He's like, yeah, bro, you need to go over here and get nar if you want to yeah. get this sponsor. It's the in same. real
2: life, that's just going to get you some pot probably. Probably. Like, yeah. Here's it's a joint, dude. Like, yeah, it's go like, to your yeah. cabin and smoke it. <laughs> You're not going to get a contract out <laughs> no. of that interaction. You do in this game,
0: though. Um, and that's the setup for it. And it is, even as someone who's come from that culture, it is really annoying. Really annoying. I imagine
2: even more annoying if you're from that culture. It, it
0: is. Cause it, but the sad part is like, it's true. It's not, <laughs> it's not fake. Like that's really how people talk in that scene. And that's really like the stuff that motivates people in that scene. Like yeah. this dude, like did it. 7.20, are you going to do it 10.80, dude? Well, F, yeah, I'm going to go do it 10.80. Like, that's the real but stuff. But it's only 9.30. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, like, the real stuff that, like, drives people in these scenes. Like, it legitimately motivates them to get better at their sports and mm-hmm. eventually get sponsored and hopefully go pro and blah, blah, blah. Here you go. Here's a girl and meet you. You got the moves, boy. <laughs> you can always do, like, <laughs> You know, I got this friend over here, he's good oh and you can go for glory on the boat. like it's just all very very easy to predict. And that's the setup for the game and that's the well, glad the X games never sued us
2: for stealing their X for X play.
0: Right. That's true. That was a thing we talked about. They yeah. never did. Yeah. Um, and that's the setup and that is annoying, but the rest of the game is freaking awesome. So you go through the tutorial at first, where it's
2: kinda of also kind of like Is she doing an interview? She's telling you. She's giving oh, okay. you the four one one, Matt. <laughs> I was like, oh, for a second, I was like, "Is this told as like a flashback with a framing device of like the of the people like doing <laughs> interviews about how you became the greatest like there everything?"
0: Are, actually, there are. And then kind you of, die
2: at the end, and it's actually like a like a tribute video. There are that would kind be great. of cutaways
0: like that. Like the dude who runs the whole thing. Like they'll cut away to him like flying a helicopter or be like, "I learned how to do it on YouTube or whatever," <laughs> like dumb stuff like that. Um... So the setup and the plot, the worst part of this game, easily. The good news is the rest of it is li- really awesome. I have had a blast with this game. Much like Forza Horizon 5, you start out with them taking you through all the disciplines. Uh-huh. So you saw it in the early B-roll there. First, you're on the bike. Then they put you on the on the jetpack. And then they put you on the skis. And then they put you on a snowboard. And then you get to this cutscene where they explain everything. You meet the dude who's going to make your career. And then they just throw you out into the open world.
2: Right. You do well enough in the wingsuits, they just draft you into Ghost Recon. <laughs> and there's no—that's funny. Um, and then you get out forced out in to install Breakpoint. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and
0: then they just let you out into the open world, and you can just do whatever you want. And I'll say this: the first time I, the open world loaded up, and I saw it, I was in awe hmm. because there's a lot of people playing this too. I was shocked at how many people there are populating the world in this. So the first time the open world opens up. You just see literally Matt thousands of people just everywhere going down this mountain, going down this mountain, some on bikes, some on skis, some on a jet ski, some flying by with their wingsuit like it's a sight to behold, and then you start exploring and you can use jump on your on your sled, drive to whatever waypoint that you want there's crazy fast travel options if you get after a while if you start visiting locations um, you can choose any Event on the map, and it will fast travel you to someplace close no matter what. And sometimes it's 2,000 meters away, it's not that close. But as you start exploring and unlocking more locations, you get closer with those fast travel points. Um, as I said, there are skis, snowboards, wingsuits, rocket suits, and the snowmobile to help you get to locations more quickly. The world is constructed of real world national parks. Huh. So you have like Yosemite and Yellowstone and all these big parks. And they're not, you know, foot-for-foot replications of them. They have, like, the iconic, like, big dome or whatever. Like, they have the iconic... Half dome. Half dome. Like, they have the iconic locations inside the national parks, and you can tell you're at them while you're in them, but they're not exact replications. Mm -hmm. But it's still cool that they've actually included real national parks. I'm guessing that's something they did not have to pay a license for.
2: Probably not. Yeah, no, I think that I think those are those are public. Yeah, so you can, can get away with that zone. public domain yeah. stuff.
0: Yep. Um. So each for each discipline, when you first start the game, they let you try each one, but then you have to unlock each one. So you start out with like skiing and snowboarding, and once you complete a sex X amount of missions, you get stars basically. And like a lot of games, like you can choose to try something on a harder difficulty setting. So if you complete it, you get more stars. And the whole game is gated by stars. So at certain points, it will unlock new disciplines. So you start with skiing and snowboarding, um, and they're interchangeable. Like for each event, you can choose to either use skis or a snowboard. Mm -hmm. And then eventually you unlock the bikes, and then once you do well at the bike races and you reach another, then you get the the wingsuit and the jetpack, which is the worst, by the way. (laughs) And then each one of those disciplines levels up on its own where you keep unlocking new gear. So you're constantly getting new snowboards, new skis, new boots, things like that. Like everything you do, you get some kind of reward at the end of it all, generally, it seemed like to me, Um, which is good. Uh, It feels like you're never wasting your time while you're playing. Um, And then once you get to each discipline to a certain level, then a marquee event unlocks. And they're like... It's hard to even explain. They're like big set piece moments where there's like avalanches or other natural hazards that you have to deal with. They're kind of like boss fights for Riders Republic. Um, The events run a really wide gamut. Some of them are infuriating. So some of the bicycle missions you have to do are are those technical riding things. Matt, have you ever watched one of those? No. It's kind of like trials where you just have to get through an obstacle course on a bicycle. So sometimes you're hopping on one wheel or on the front wheel or the back wheel. um, Or there's just like a really thin plank that you have to ride along and not fall off of it. It's just an obstacle course you have to get through with a bicycle, basically. And they are infuriating. (laughs) Because a big part of the problem is the bike also has some issues. It's very hard to control precisely. If you pedal with like the right analog stick, it's very hard to pedal just enough that the bike starts creeping. So you end up, like, going way too fast and slamming Mm. into a wall and bouncing off the wall and then turning the bike around gets annoying. So the technical stuff in this with the bikes is really annoying. The downhill stuff, great. Like, power sliding around curves on the bikes feels just amazing. Holding on by, like, just your fingernails around some of the turns on the bike or just... Going so fast, straight downhill, you're just petrified that there's a tree's gonna pop up or whatever. And that's the other thing I would say about this. It's an open world, but it is not empty at all. There are obstacles everywhere. And some people may not like this because sometimes you just wanna ride and go really fast and just go balls out, mm. but there's always a tree or a bench <laughs> or a wheelbarrow. Or whatever, Uh, just like real life, it's serious. Like it's, yeah, well, it's a ski course, so they're using it to like dig up divots or create jumps or or whatever. But there's just a lot of environmental detail. And if you're someone who just wants to go really fast throughout the open world, it can get a little annoying at times. Here, you're getting a look at the open world, though, and seeing what I'm talking about. Like you just see all the mountain ranges with people going up and down them, everyone finding their own ways to get the stuff, people joining events, blah blah blah. It just feels really alive, like you're really on a mountain. And the, the visuals don't hurt either because it, it also looks really, really good. The snow deformation and stuff in this is next level. It's like I've never seen before. Um, but the missions are... Other than the jetpack and the wingsuit stuff, the mission objectives really do run the gamut. They're not just like either it's a race or you just get as many trick points as possible. Um, they do mix things up a good bit. Um, one thing, the coolest thing in the game... And you know how we were talking about... And it's so funny how many parallels there are between this and Forza Horizon. You know how we were talking about those events in Forza Horizon where you had to meet at a very specific time with a bunch mm-hmm. of other players and then you play this cooperative thing? Well, in this one, you have to do the same thing. You have to meet with all the other players in this little zone that you get into and at a certain specific time. And the game is very good at messaging it to you. It's like, hey, here comes this big event. You need to get to this spot and get ready. Then you get there and then, Matt you compete with like 64 63 other players Hmm. dude there are bike races in this with 64 players at the starting grid and i'll tell you this my wife who's a great barometer of stuff that's mind-blowing in video games she looked at the tv and went wow Hmm. she has not done that maybe this whole year matt and she watches me play everything and she looked at the tv she goes wow she goes are those all other people And I was like, yep, those are all people. It's amazing. And want to talk about holding on by your fingernails, gripping the controller. Because the other thing, too, is the characters in the game, they're not like these paper mache people that you can ride through. They're there. So if they bump you, you get bumped off course. And there's 64 of them going down the mountain, down this trail that's probably 8 feet wide. It is just it's one of those moments from this year that I will remember probably forever. The first time I joined a 64-person race in Riders Republic. It's, I've never experienced anything like it. it. The moment that you take off and the starting grid gets narrowed down to the trail. And you're like, how am I going to fit in here? And you don't. And you get like shoved off the course and you hit a tree. and like, It's awesome. It's, again, one of the best moments in gaming that I've had for all of 2021. And we're almost at the end of the year here. So that, to me, that's no small uh, statement to make. Um, when you finish anything, you are just showered with stuff. You're just given hmm. tons of points. You're getting tons of gear. Like in, like you'll get shoved back to the camp or whatever. And at the camp, there's like a hub where you can connect to multiplayer stuff very easily. Like say you just want to do a trick competition with other human players. There's a hub there. You just roll up to it, hit X, off you go. Um, Say you want to just do downhill races on bikes. There's a hub there. You can do that. There's like eight different spots you can go to. And then one of those eight spots is where you meet for those big, like, 64-person races as well. So the game is really well organized. You have this camp that you can hang out at that has all these hubs to easily access everything. You can just roll right out of the camp, and you're in the open world. And then there's all these events, and you can go to the map and just instantly warp to those places if you want to. Very well designed. It, It meets and satisfies a lot of different players' tastes, I, I would argue. Um, controls are pretty good. Like I said, the bike controls are great for downhill. They're bad for the technical stuff. The controls for the wingsuit and stuff are fine. It's basically just flight controls. It's not a problem. The skiing and the snowboarding controls are really, really good. Like, so I was saying earlier about how you know, we have all these disciplines a lot of times. None of them are all that great. The trick stuff in the snowboarding and skiing are are the best I've ever played for anything. Like, they're not quite as arcadey as, like, an SSX tricky or whatever, whatever, and they're not quite as realistic as, like, an Amped, which I would argue is way too realistic and therefore not fun. They find this perfect balance where you're doing things that are feasible and possible. You couldn't do them yourself in the real world, but real good snowboarders could do them. But it's not like SSX where you've done like eight cork screws and like five flips before you land. Because the other part too is that the terrain is very realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, so they and they just feel great. The way that they've set up the tricks and the way you do you do the tricks, the way you flip, the way you spin, the way you grab, all of it feels natural and intuitive, and it's easy to understand. Um, very quickly, I was getting up to speed in this game and doing crazy tricks that are completely realistic and uh, scoring big points and. Finishing first in pretty much all the competitions. So the controls for the skiing and the snowboarding, amazing. Bikes, mixed bag, the jetpack stuff. You have to be an idiot not to be able to get that stuff right. <laughs> and again, those are the worst parts of the game. They are really just Superman 64. Um, what else do I have? I think just overall, the feeling of exhilaration I got from this game is, was refreshing. I just There are so many moments while I've played this game where I was just like, oh, wow, or holy crap, or oh, gosh. Like, my reactions – Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. My reactions while playing this game have been extreme compared to a lot of the games I've played for the last six or eight months. Like, it just really stuck with me. And I'm sure part of that is that, like, this is a culture that I was a part of, and, you know, so I'm going to resonate with it a little bit, and I like the sports already. Um, But I just feel like it's a very well-designed game. There's tons and tons of content. I love that it's set in national parks, places that people recognize. They've done a good job handling that stuff. It's very pretty. It controls well. Um, They've proven that they'll support games for a really long time. Again, this is one of the most pleasant surprises for me of 2021. I am enjoying the crap out of Riders Republic. I don't see myself stopping anytime soon. I've played it for probably 15 hours, and I may be like 10% done with the game. It is gigantic, and it's only going to get bigger. Um, I also like too that like I told you I didn't really like the wingsuit or the jetpack stuff like you don't have to do it like eventually you probably are going to want to because you have to level up every discipline separately eventually you're probably going to want to go and do it Um, but I don't have to like right now I can just keep playing the stuff that I like which is the snowboarding and the skiing and the biking and there are more than enough events to keep me busy doing that stuff Um, so I really like Riders Republic I know there is a contingent of people out there who know that Steep ended up being really good and for those people go buy this do not hesitate it's great anyone who has ever really liked extreme sports games in the past go buy it it's the best on the market hands down i am shocked at how good this game is across the board controls quality no no bugs i've had no bugs at all no crashes nothing very rare for an open world game on day one um i've really enjoyed it i am shocked at how much i like this game um And I recommend it. I highly recommend it. If people were to ask me, should they get this or Forza Horizon 5, that's a tough one. But that should let you know the level of quality that this game has hit at this point. Um, That it is tough to, like, look look at that shot right there. Like, this is stuff that really happens in the game, all the stuff in this trailer. Um, And there are goofy stuff, like... I totally forgot until I saw this trailer. But there's goofy stuff where you're in like furry outfits and you're racing everybody else who's in a furry outfit, and you're on these little like, like kids bikes. Like they do try to mix it up and have some fun with it at times. But again, you can pick and choose that stuff. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to. You can stick to the more realistic stuff. I just had a great time playing this game. If video games are about having fun and losing yourself in them, this is a great video game. Um, It's available for pretty much everything. There's no Switch version. But you can get it for pretty much every other platform. Um, and if you are even slightly inclined to like games like this, if you've liked any of the Tony Hawk games, you've liked any of the, the SSX games, any of that stuff, I really think you're going to really enjoy Riders Republic. Hmm. Are you surprised that I like it as much as I do?
2: Yeah, I didn't expect that.
0: Yeah, I didn't either. Because Yubi sent me a code, and I didn't even like download it for like two days after I got it. Because I didn't, it was like, Are people going to care? Am I going to care?
2: Yeah. And. Very fair question about this game. Yeah.
0: And within 30 minutes, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, why did I wait to start playing this? Um, I'm like, I don't know if I'll be able to play enough now to, like, talk about it the way I want to on Game Face before the show. And then we got the delay, the COVID delay. And I got to play it a little more. And I've just loved it. The more I played it, the more I've loved it. I cannot express to you enough. And I would argue that I know they had a bunch of betas for this that I didn't participate in. And I wish I had because I'd have more of a heads up that how good it is. And I hope that they had these races, those 64-person races in that beta. Because that will sell you this game alone. Just that first 20 seconds when you leave the starting line. It starts. And you're like, wait a minute. Like, all these people are in this race? And it goes, ding! And everyone takes off, and it's just like, oh my god, yes! Everybody is in this race, and how am I going to get to the bottom of the hill? And like when you finish, like third or whatever, you feel like a god because you've had to, you've had so many close calls at that point getting to the bottom of the mountain with all these other people that you're just like, you feel lucky. You also feel great at the game. It's just a sense of exhilaration. I love it. I love Riders Republic. Um, And if you haven't. Given an extreme sports game a chance in a long time, this is the one to give it a chance. I hope that they put out some kind of a demo or something because uh, I feel like it's not going to sell what it deserves. Steve didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it built an audience, a dedicated audience, and I'm guessing every single one of those people have jumped over to this. Um, but it needs more. But at the same time, the open world is stuffed full of people. And I don't know if they those are like servers or whatever and they're making sure that each one's full before they open up another one. I don't know how they're doing it. Uh, but I know the world that I was in at all times was completely alive and full of energy and just stuff going on everywhere. Um, I love it. I really like Writers Republic.
2: Um, any questions about it? Not really. I think you covered it. Yeah, um, Vince a it's pretty straightforward game overall. It just surprises me that it's that good. Yeah, like you'd expect something of that nature, especially from Ubisoft to kind of launch a little a little, Busted, sh- a little, sketchy. little janky. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think the betas did it probably a lot of good. I think mm-hmm. they had like two different ones. Uh, Vincent is saying that, uh, if nothing else, you can try it for two hours for free on Stadia. If you want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to go to Stadia. Um, and if, if it's the full game and you get two hours with it, you can definitely experience one of those races with 64 real human players racing to the bottom of a death mountain. And it is exhilarating and awesome. Um, so I highly recommend it. The other thing I would say, too, Matt, is that the rest of the year... Not a typical end of the year. Like, we did Dossier for November, and there were pretty much exactly 10 games worth buying Mm -hmm. in November. October, there was like 15 or 16. I had to make hard cuts to that list. In November, like, there were 10. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. And one of them is the Zelda Game & Watch. Um, So... The end of the year isn't exactly stuffed with amazing games. I mean, we have, we brought up some of them. There's Battlefield, there's Call of Duty, there's yeah. the GTA Trilogy. There's a lot of indie stuff. Yeah, lots not, of indie stuff. AAA
2: yeah. stuff. I mean, yeah. one, of the, one of the surprise hits of the year is a game which you unpack. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's funny. Uh, so if you're saying, like, but Shane, there's all these other games that I may want to buy more, there aren't that many. Um, this might be something that you put on your Christmas list. Maybe you don't want to <laughs> buy it for yourself, but you let someone else buy
2: it for you. Losing Dying Light too, really... Uh put a damper on it the rest of the year.
0: It did, yeah. Um, and so that's one you don't have to worry about as well. Uh, so maybe it's something you ask for for Christmas. And I'm telling you, you will be very happy on Christmas Day if someone gets you Riders Republic. It is a lot of fun. Smartly designed. Very broy, Very Do we not have unpacking chakara. in the database?
2: What would you say? Vincent doesn't think we have unpacking in the database. Unpacking? Then That's the new indie hit. Oh. Where you and liter- it's not on Unstifted? Yeah, you literally unpack. It's like... I haven't played it, but I've looked at videos of it. Like, one of the most notable things of it, there are 14,000 Foley files in it. If you take one object and put it on different surfaces, it makes a different sound on every single, like... <laughs> like different sound based on like the rug or the bath mat or the bed me? or the wood table or the ceramic table or the shelf or the the wood, foley work everything yeah it, it like it's, <laughs> I, 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 it's a video of just like this i think it's like just like a like a vase or something uh-huh. and it makes a different it makes like 40 different sounds depending on what surface you've put it on wow it's just a game where you're unpacking stuff and decorating your room
0: so it's animal crossing
2: no it's it's more like God, I don't even know what to describe it. Like, it's not that limited. It's just like it's it's more freeform. It's almost like remember like like business simulator or whatever that was. You know, yeah. Like, where you just imagine that, but like you're trying to not destroy stuff, you're trying to set things up. Oh. It's like that kind of freeform.
0: Interesting. But your to, to your point, there are a lot of really good indie games coming before the end of the year.
2: Yeah, it's like a puzzle narrative. Yeah. But
0: I think most of us we buy our indie games ourselves.
2: Oh, you mean not for like Christmas? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, this might also be the year to just ask for a gift card.
0: That's true. Which you're probably going to get and anyway. buy a bunch of stuff. So that's pretty much all I get. <laughs> and get that <laughs> and
2: encryption and unsighted. Yeah. And uh,
0: that is one advantage that I have to. And voice
2: of cards.
0: Yeah. That is one advantage I have of going home for the holidays when I'm able to. And I will be able to go this year because the Rona has died down. Mm-hmm. Um, is that everybody just gets me gift cards. Right. Because they know I can't take anything home. So mm-hmm. I don't have to like go through the like weird thing with like my my aunt and being like yeah that mug that you got me that's great like is they just all give me gift cards because they know that i can take them home and i don't mm-hmm. have to worry about boxing them up and shipping them back here or whatever so um we all really just want gift cards don't we
1: yeah
0: i like the physical thing, but i drive home so all right yeah i can carry things that's true yep i prefer gift cards i think it's an unusual year because
2: i don't want any lego sets
0: Oh wow. There's nothing big coming out this holiday. There season? are big things,
2: but I don't want want Like mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't need a four foot long replica of the Titanic. <laughs> from the movie? Well from, <laughs> or the, from Titanic. the Titanic. <laughs> yeah. The...
0: Yeah, I guess it's gonna be the same <laughs> no matter historically. Yeah, I, don't, or I, don't don't think you, I mean I guess the the <laughs> so, movie, is there a figurine on yeah, the front? movie version has a tiny little <laughs> Leo
2: DiCaprio on the front of it.
0: <laughs> that would be the only thing that differentiates <laughs> yeah. it at all. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That's Rider's Republic. It's from Ubisoft. Uh, it's available for everything but switch. Um, and Vincent even says it's on Stadia, and you can pl- try it for two free hours there. I highly recommend it. Um, I mean, you can try Stadia for free. You don't have to give them any money, right?
2: Yeah, I guess so. Just if you're okay having been part of that.
0: <laughs> you're not single handedly going to keep Stadia alive no. if you're worried about
2: that. No, I don't think one free trial is going con- to encourage them that much. No. Yep. Yep. All right, so there you go. That's game
0: phase 277. But now it's time for Name That Game. You
2: guys ready? You need like a theme for that. Now. You're right. There needs to be like a little yeah.
0: dun 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 dun, dun mm. or something like mm. that. I'll figure something out. Um, I did update the sound effects for it the, this week. Mm. So we have a new ticking clock. Okay. And we have a new applause. The ticking clock is better. It, it will it will make you nervous, I think, because it ticks a lot faster. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny how stuff like that matters, but it does. Um, I'll also say this. I did try to make it a little easier this week. Um, at least I think it's easier. We'll see. I, I feel like every time I do one of these, how I think it's going to play out, never it never happens that way. So, it'll probably hold true this time as well. Uh, for those of you who have not been on the stream while we do the Name That Game, it's very simple. I provide a series of clues, and you are trying to guess the name of the game that I'm hinting at. Um, you are playing against this guy, Matt Kyle, who is very good and very smart and knows way more about video games than probably anyone else you'll ever meet in your life. Uh, so it's not easy. Um, The other thing, too, is that you guys are on the chat, and Matt is here in person. Um, So if Matt says the name of the game, I will look over at chat and give you guys a couple beats. And if somebody comes through with the name of the game in the chat in the next couple seconds, then you guys get the win. So basically, the chat wins all ties is the best way to put it. Um, But it's very simple. The, The clues start out obtuse and become more obvious we want someone to win every week so it's not like i'm just giving these clues that don't lead you down the right path and someone has got it every time i don't think we, yeah yeah we've never had one where people didn't get it at the end no. so um this week i have six clues instead of just five but i think you guys will get it by the third clue but we'll see um okay let me get the sound effects ready to go here and let me get the chat up on screen and we're ready for the first clue. Minority Games Bloodborne. Wrong. <laughs> People are just guessing them out of nowhere. EDH420, thank you for Twitch Prime, man. That's awesome. I appreciate it. Um, Vincent is saying what's on Game Pass? Writers Republic is on Game Pass? Is that what he's saying? So maybe. That would be awesome. Or maybe Unpacked is? I, was not, I can't tell. Uh, maybe maybe it's Unpacking unpa- is? Unpacking. Oh, Okay. Game manual in there, our indie resource. Okay, unpacking is on Game Pass. Okay, here we go. Name that game. Here is the first clue. And I hope you guys don't get it on the first one, because that would suck. But <laughs> you might be able to. This game makes a strong case for video games as an art form. Hmm. This game makes a strong case for video games as an art form. L.A. Noir. No, not L.A. Noir. Darksiders, no. Last of Us Part Two. no. Journey, no. Okami, no. Grease, no. Pictionary, no. <laughs> <laughs> Dreams, no. Journey, no. Witness, no. That's an interesting choice. Shadow of the Colossus, no. Just Dance, no. Journey, no. All right, we're gonna move on to
2: clue two. Yeah, my other guess would be eco. That's it. <laughs> Did anybody else? We'll give him a couple seconds. Uh, I want to say Van Vankov. Uh, ya- yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, he typed it upside down. If you look up. Actually. Oh, i scroll here? Yeah, Scroll up. Scroll up. I just saw he, he typed it upside down. Is yeah, that what that is? That's
0: eco upside down. Yeah. Yakov V two two six. Yep, it's eco. You won. <laughs>
2: That was almost my first guess because that's literally the end of my review of that game when I reviewed uh, it for Extended Play. Yeah. I mean, if, if you search for that video game... No, you, know, you know what threw me off was you said case, and I was I like... I did that on purpose.
0: Yeah. I accentuated the word case to throw you guys mm. off the case. Mm. And I saw it work. I saw your eyes mm. go, hmm.
2: Yeah, my if- first response was going to be eco, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, it must be some kind of detective thing.
0: <laughs> okay, here's a round of applause for Yakov. Great job, man. You got it. Yep, so you just won a set of six Sifted stickers. And you can get at us here on Twitch. Just send us a DM on Twitch. You can go at us on Twitter, at Sifted Games, or you can DM me, at Denfire. Or you can get at us on Sifted.net. Just DM me on Sifted, at Shane.
2: What, that you guys got but, it so fast? No, that I I just wish I'd gone with my instinct and said Eco because you would have really been annoyed that I guessed it off that. Yeah. Because like, when you say game is art, ecos the first game I think of. Yeah. And I thought it couldn't be that obvious, because you I know said, I know that. That's why
0: I said you may get it off the first clue this time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read the rest of these clues, because I worked hard on them. <laughs> <laughs> it literally, it took me like a half hour to write all this stuff, and it ended in like five seconds. Uh, the second clue was, some may like to hide in the shadows, but that's a bad idea in this game. Yeah. The third clue is, and this is what I that thought. That could would, also have been Heart of Darkness. Yeah. The third clue is the one I thought would give it away, and it is, if you don't like escort missions, stay far away from this one. Yeah. Well, in
2: conjunction with the shadows one. That would have given yeah. it away.
0: Yep. Uh, the fourth one, this teen protagonist is especially horny. <laughs> <laughs> the fifth clue, this game pr- proves that a stick can be just as mighty as a sword. Mm-hmm. And the final clue was boy meets girl meets evil queen meets couch. With with all those and in- add it up, you would have got it right, right there for oh, yeah. sure. So there you go. I failed this week. Second clue gave it away. Actually first clue gave it away yeah. ultimately.
2: But yeah, you didn't get to the second one.
0: I did say that I made it I tried to make it easier this week and I think I succeeded in that. Where was my ticking clock? Oh you can't hear it. They can oh, okay. hear it. Yeah. It was up there. Gladys, 21 thank you for Twitch Prime. Alright, we're ready to take some questions. We'll do some QA uh, we got about five or six minutes, so we here we can take a couple. Um, EDH420, do you mind if I share the link for the censored trailer in the chat? You can, dude. You can do whatever you want in the chat as long as you're not posting like porn or whatever. You're not breaking terms of service. You what,
2: can, what trailer?
0: He uh, created a trailer for Sifted, like uh, a few weeks ago. You can totally share it, dude. It's Totally fine. Uh, Commander Fett, let me get this stuff up here so people who are watching the archive can see it. Uh, did you see the rumor that Sony is bringing, bringing Horizon Forbidden West to PC in September of next year? I'm not sure if it's true, but that would be huge. I did not see that, and I really I do not believe it.
2: That would be a big shift. Yeah. I
0: do not believe that at all. Where did you see that rumor, one, and what was the source, too? Because I do not believe that. That makes, would make no sense whatsoever. Yeah, I'd, uh,
2: they're going to give that a year at least, at to, least. to make its money. It,
0: I would argue at least two years. Because it's like the PS5 just launched. I, I don't know where that information is coming from, but I really find it hard to believe. Um, ETH Demon, what is it with Square jamming several massive releases into like six weeks? Like, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy and Endwalker are largely different markets, but why do you think they are doing it?
2: Because there's not a lot of crossover between people buying Guardians of the Galaxy and Endwalker. Yeah, I
0: mean, there's no crossover there. Those or, audiences uh, are entirely yeah. different.
2: Or, you know, Voice of Cards, which most people don't even know came out. Right. But, uh, I played it this week, and it's pretty good. And it's by the guy who did Nier. It's a card-driven JRPG. But it's all done like a tabletop game. Yeah, you were it's talking about it before
0: we went on air yeah. today.
2: Yeah. Uh, and it's like, it's not it's not super long, but it is half price so yeah like 40 bucks or 30 bucks i think
0: what other square enix games might be coming um
2: i I think think it's like a remaster or something i can't remember
0: yeah the overlap for guardians of the galaxy and endwalker
2: literally like very little (laughs) a tenth of a percent maybe yeah i don't think you i mean i think final fantasy 14 stuff comes out when it comes out i don't think you pay attention to anything else putting that out i mean you've got your audience and you've got your audience there
0: I am one of the people who do not lap over. <laughs> I mm-hmm. really liked Guardians of the Galaxy, and I do not play Final Fantasy fourteen.
2: Yeah, I mean, I like Final Fantasy, what I played of it. But I never got to the expansion content, and uh, probably never will because it's just too much. <laughs> it's just too much. Too yeah. much time. It was. I liked what I played of it. I'm, I I believe people when they say it's really good, but I'm I've accepted that I will never see it.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah, I agree with Matt. I think that the the overlap there is just minimal to none. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. I just don't think there's too many people that are. Yeah, making I don't think that.
2: anyone's cannibalizing each other's sales. I don't, I don't
0: think anyone's sitting there like putting together the Christmas list, being like, "Man,
2: <laughs> Guardians <laughs> or Endwalker." I just can't. It's such
0: a tough one. Uh, okay, let's go to another question here. Um, Yakov two two six, our winner. Hi guys, do you think the GeForce leak games are real? Final Fantasy Nine, Final Fantasy Tactics, and Chrono Cross remakes.
2: Sorry if you talked about this. I missed the first 30 minutes. I didn't even hear about this. This is a, this is a little old, but a couple of the things. I think the Act Actraiser remake was in there, too. I think a couple of things that they were like, oh, that seems weird that that would be a thing have turned out to be things. Wow, so there okay. are people wondering if, it was, if everything's real. The other stuff real. is true now.
0: I mean, I could see remakes of FF Tactics and Chrono Cross. Absolutely. I don't have Final Fantasy IX, though.
2: I, I can see IX more than the other two. Really? Um, I mean, Tactics would just be like a a, a, you know, a, a, a remaster of uh, War of the Lion from the PSP. Chrono Cross, I don't know if they'd ever touch again. That game's garbage. But, like, and uh, beyond being garbage, uh, it's, um, it's, you know. One of
0: GameSpot's y- 10 out of 10 reviews.
2: Yeah, that's wrong. <laughs> um, soundtrack's great. But, like. It's one of those, you know, it's it's got the FMV backgrounds and the, you know mm-hmm. the, the 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 you have to redo all those. Yeah. Uh, or re- or redo and... it fully in 3D one of the other Chrono Cross is a more expensive thing especially cuz like Final Fantasy 7 you have the advantage that like um there was a PC version. Mm, that's true. There was no PC it version of Chrono easier. Cross. Like the, the Final Fantasies from the PS1 era had PC version. I don't know if 9 did. I think 9 did. But you have higher res assets to work from if you're just doing like an up res kind of thing. Yeah. Chrono Cross I don't think has that. Yeah, Makes a big difference. Um so I don't I don't know about Chrono Chrono Cross would surprise me. Um nine wouldn't wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah you know, on the level of something like what they did for eight. That
0: for, also has bitmap backgrounds too though, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah but so did eight but again
2: yeah. uh, they did kind of the a- I think eight used like the AI any PS one game it's going to take a lot of work. It'll be a lot of work. The thing is, like, I think Final Fantasy is a different kind of payback for that than, like, Chrono Cross. Like, Chrono Cross, while it's a darling of people with terrible taste, uh, who were 12 when it came out. Um, <laughs> I of hate with Chrono Cross. Taste. I you really do, I fucking hate <laughs> Chrono Cross. Um made me play as a goddamn uh. cat man for the whole thing. Like, what a terrible <laughs> fucking game. Um, but, like, the... Uh, like, I just don't think there's the market there in the same way that there is for Final Fantasy, um, or even Tactics. Like Tactics um, can at least trade on the name, yeah, you know? Um, and its reputation. Uh, but, like, Chrono Cross seems like a harder sell. Uh, also, like, if you do like Chrono Cross, um, what they did to Chrono Trigger should make you very nervous about them remaking Chrono Cross. That's a good point, like, they actually. Have, they have, Square has continually screwed up like remastering and remaking these classic games, especially from the Super Famicom era, and um, like I would be a little concerned about what a Chrono Cross remaster would look like because nine not so much because they've learned over time. The eight the eight, you know, the eight one was pretty good. Uh, 9 would probably be based on the PC version and be fairly decent at least or decent to the point that they could whip it into shape with a couple of patches. Uh, Chrono Cross I feel like you know, th- theoretically you'd think they'd learn from what they did with the other PS1 games but who knows? Yeah,
0: like, they, like, It's been so scattershot. This is the company miss.
2: that made a decision to do those pix- change the pixel art of 6 and 5 right. into what they put on Steam. Like, Don't trust these people. Like, yeah. you know, who knows what Chrono Cross would look like.
0: Yep. Uh, okay we'll take maybe one or two more. Uh, Sneaky, Charlotte Snake, our winner from last week. Your stickers are on the way, bro. Um, can I make you a jingle for name that game? Absolutely, dude. Yeah. Just, you, you're already in contact with me on Sifted. Um, when you get something done, just send it my way. Put it on Dropbox or whatever. I'll take a listen to it. It's gotta be better than nothing.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) It can't be worse than nothing. So, absolutely, man. I would appreciate that if you would do that. Um, very quickly, this is for Vidja Games. Either of you download Pikmin Bloom. Thoughts? I... Saw the trailer for Pikmin Bloom, I thought it looked awesome, I downloaded it, and then I realized it's a walking thing. Yeah, it's just a walking, yeah. it's a pedometer. Which I don't do. <laughs> I may soon, once I have my knees. Yeah, surgery. eventually,
2: I yeah, soon you may be able
0: to. But, but I thought, I think it's a really cool
2: concept. Yeah. It seems fun. It would be more, it feels like it would be more fun if I lived in Europe. Yeah. In a more walkable city. Probably, you know? yeah. L.A. is not LA a is walking city. L.A. is not a walk city. city.
0: <laughs> Although people did it for Pokemon Go. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can go places to walk. people were walking yeah. out of nowhere. Like,
2: I'm sure, like, Griffith Park or, like, places like that are full of flowers and Pikmin Bloom now, I'm sure. But, yeah. like, I bet my neighborhood is just a bunch of weeds and, like, a dying blue Pikmin somewhere near, like, Wilshire. <laughs>
0: Commander Fed is saying that those rumors, it was tre- the rumor about uh, Forbidden West was trending on Twitter. That doesn't mean that it's yeah, true. That mean anything. I'm just asking what the source of the information was. Um, and our final question from Norik's Nessie 94 Now that Microsoft has just announced new storage expansions, 512 gigabytes for 140 and 2 terabytes for 400, what are your thoughts on both Microsoft and Sony's method of storage, storage expansions? Do you plan on buying extra storage for either one? Matt, you already have, correct?
2: I mean, I have uh, external SSDs I use. I, you I, don't
0: have, like, the pimped out,
2: like... I haven't bought the internal stuff, no. Well, the...
0: The one for Xbox Series X just plugs into the back. Yeah,
2: but, but the pricing you have to install on install the one on PS5. The pricing on it is absolutely madness. Like four hundred dollars for two terabytes? Get out of my house! Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I am not interested enough to probably install a brand new hard drive in the PS5 at this point. Maybe eventually. I don't know. Oh, I'm like sorry. Guess
0: there's so many questions here. Oh, wow. There's so many. I'm sorry we can't get to them all, but we're already over at this point. I apologize. Um, I do want to thank, um, this is for Vidya Games for subscribing to Twitch Prime, though. Uh, Four-month streak? Oh, no, one-month streak, but you've done it for four months. Thank you, Andy
2: Monahan says the Horizon rumor was in the NVIDIA data leak that happened earlier that also included the Ghost, Sackboy, and Returnal uh, info. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's not a zero chance, then. No. But you never know. I still would be shocked. We'll see if they stay on track. I mean, that might also if that was early in the year, that was going to be more like a year, right? Because the original release window for Horizon. Yep.
0: And to answer your question on my from my perspective about buying the expansion, the storage expansions, no. Um, What I've discovered with my Series X is it's enough. I have enough. Uh I have now got to the point where I have reached the limit. But like a lot of that stuff is like game pass games or whatever that aren't that big and like
2: yeah i don't find too much of a problem with the uh space in the xbox it's the ps5 that i wish had more internal memory but like internal storage but like i'll deal with it yeah i mean i'm fortunate enough to have both so if if it get to the point where it's easier to walk into a store and pick a ps5 up i will be more willing to do something to my ps5 that might destroy it yeah let's put it that way i don't think it will destroy it probably not but like it's pretty simple it's uh, it's I'm just not interested in taking it apart right now. Yeah, when it's so hard to get another one.
0: I'm not interested in paying that much money for storage expansion. I'm just not. Yeah, All,
2: yeah. Also, the 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 SSDs you need to get are obscenely expensive. Yeah, so
0: they're insane. Yeah, um, and so I'm not going to do it. And if it comes down to it, when like I get review code from publishers, if my PS5 is full and I don't want to remove anything off of it, I'll just ask for the Xbox Series X code. So. Again, I'm fortunate enough to have both of them, so I can just juggle them if I want or I need to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot of people don't have that option. Yeah. So. I
2: do. My external drive uh, is, I think, four terabytes on the PS5. So yeah. And so I can shunt uh, internal stuff to it if I don't want to redownload it. And just it, the, co- the copy's very fast. Yeah. So if it comes to the point where I really need more internal space for something that we need to play now. And I can delete it and put what I want to play on it back. Like that's pretty easy to do now. Yeah. And it's a lot cheaper than a thousand dollar whatever internal or five hundred whatever. Like, bah. Yeah. Bleh. Like it's it, it it's the biggest disappointment of this gen other than the inabi- other than the inability to get the consoles. Yeah.
0: Uh, and the, the file size for games with these four K textures and everything they're gigantic. Yeah. It's the two coupled together, big problem. Yeah.
2: They should have given way more storage space. Yep.
0: Agreed. All right, so that's going to do it for Game Face 277. Yakov, do not forget to contact us so we can send out your stickers. Congratulations again for winning. Um, Don't forget, Ask Shane Anything this Saturday. It's a big, big event for Ask Shane. Either people show up or it's going back to the old way where you guys just give me questions and I just answer them by myself. Uh, I would prefer to keep basically doing a monthly podcast with you guys. That seems like more fun for both me and you guys. Uh, but if you want that to keep happening, you've got to show up on Saturday. Again, it's for people who pledge $7 or more per month. And if you do pledge at that level, just head there to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sifted. And there will be posts there where you can see that has all the information to get involved in the Zoom call and become a part of it. It's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. I'll miss it if it goes away. Uh, so hopefully you guys will show up. Um, if you're listening to this show out on any of the podcast services, and we're on everything, we're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of them. Uh, if you're listening to the show out there for free, uh, our our Patreon once again hit an all-time low <laughs> with the month just turned over. And usually it does go down, and then over the next couple days it does go back up a little bit. But we just hit another all-time low. So I'm just telling you guys, if you like Game Face... And if you like Pactor Factor and you like what we're doing and you've been sitting on the sidelines, you might want to get off the bench and just telling you, <laughs> like, if something happens later on down the road, don't say I didn't warn you. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so if you're listening to the show for free on any of those services, head to patreon.com sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D without the E and drop us a pledge. You can give us a dollar if you want. Just like, hey, here's a coffee every month. It adds up. So, any help you can give us would be greatly appreciated. We've really got beaten up by COVID. Um, Even beyond what you're seeing on our Patreon is the other subscriber base that we have on our site. And that's really where we bled. Like, our Patreon's down a lot, but we really bled a lot of revenue from our on-site subscribers. A lot of them have really left in the last, honestly, like six months. It's been hard to watch people who were a part of the site from the beta, like May whatever back in 2016, leaving the site, it hurts. Um, But it's their money. They can do what they want with it. So I'm just telling you, if you like what we're doing and you want it to continue, you got to support us. You just got to, or it may go away. So just being honest with you guys, uh, it's just where we're at right now, and it's just the way it is. So if you like what we're doing, now's the time to help us out if you can. And if you can't, you can always help us out with Twitch Prime. A lot of people did it on the stream today, which is awesome. Um, it makes a big difference for us. It's free. If you are an Amazon Prime member, it's free. You can give us a free $2.50 a month for free. It costs you nothing. It's just part of your Twitch Prime or a part of your Amazon Prime subscription, and that helps a lot too, and we do really appreciate that. So we don't know when we're going to be back. It might be Tuesday. It might be Wednesday. I'm going to try to accommodate Matt as well can't as I can. Wednesday. You can't do Wednesday at all? Okay, so it looks like it's going to be Tuesday. <laughs> we don't want to wait till Thursday, I don't think, because then we just get caught in that pattern where we're always doing it on Thursday. So we're going to try to do one on Tuesday. Again, we're here at twitch.tv siftedgames mostly every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Try to tune in if you can. You can play along with Name That Game. Chat with everybody in our chat. Our chat is awesome, full of great people uh, who really love games and are really passionate about it and really know games too. I think that's what's most impressive to me. So we have a great audience, and we love and respect you guys very much. Hope you guys have a great week. Game Face is up and out.